Blog Talk Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. This is a call to all. You know it's like it rockets and I bust it through the door. Bring it to the ceiling and I'm opening up the floor. Make you split your head when you bang against a wall. Blaze full fury from a sight unseen. Flipping on the podcast, it's time three. Throwing up a jump for a breeding frenzy. It's a talking festival waters of this ever easy. Time to lay the smack down, lay it on your back now. Focus on that moment when you bash it into round town. Competition tries to stay up for the last round. But we still have finished and we soaking up the live crowd. Turn it up loud and make us all proud. Anyone who brought up Gary, they them all up in the ground. Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the cloud. Hey, slice of bitches, gonna hit you like plow, like plow. So listen up, so let you hours to wow. That's MMA, way more than power. The power can be seen. Turn up the volume, you lack it inside on the game, and I just solved your problem. Eight times the missions is what you all been missing. All the latest news and the news, come and give a listen. Steven breaks her high low to give you something different. Get up on the fence and changing up your disposition. UFC and Bellatory, yes, to fix the fight. You're not in the conversation, get your game tight. Just make sure with the line is free, you don't get paid right. Every Thursday night from 8 to 10, prepare up on your flight. When you call the sub, oh. we'll be knocking you down. Facing the sound, just around the pound. With the start on the head, with the kick in the crowd. When the calls are inbound, it's your voice. Profound and we game to what sound is world ring now Go, go, Steven Rachel Go, go, Steven Rachel Go, go, Steven Rachel Welcome to Cape Sat Submission Welcome back, fight fans. You are listening to another episode of Cage Side Submissions. I'm your host, the Soul Steve, being joined back from her mini vacay, the lovely Mr. Nicole Bosco. Nicole, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm feeling nice and refreshed after my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, this week, you know, we're uh, you know changing changing the format up again as per usual. But we're going to be uh, we're already being joined by our first guest of the evening. It was on a, uh, you know, about a month or so ago, we we were talking to uh, Lee, Lee Daly from uh, the the author from the uh, Before Fall book, A History of Pride Fighting Championships. How are we doing tonight, my friend? He's not there. The wonders of Skype. He's on there. He's there. Because I got, I got I got two of the one 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 numbers, so I know both of you are on there via Skype. <laughs> Don't you love technology? Uh huh. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> as we uh as we can figure something figure out whatever's going on with Lee there a sec. So um I guess we'll uh, quick touch touch base on some of the. Uh, News and articles of the day. Caitlin Chokagi and Jessica, I just got announced. What do you think about that matchup? 
Um, I like it. I, you know, uh, sucks for Jessica that her original opponent got taken away and it, for nothing, basically. You know, they were going to put Sajar Eubanks up in the title fight and then they immediately took that away and just like you broke up. They put, you know, they put Valentina Shevchenko right back where she wanted to be. So, like, why not put Sajara back? But I guess they had already, you know, found a replacement here with uh, Caitlin. So, I mean, it's going to be a good fight for sure. They're both, they're both in the title contention talk. So, it's like, you know, if either one of them wins, they make a pretty good case for being the next shot at whoever wins the title. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't really see how you see it any other way. Uh, you know, Caitlin's been w- one of these girls who've just been, you know, banging on the door for for a minute. Same thing with Jessica. I, you know, uh, you know, made the jump up to to bantamweight. Didn't work out so great for her, but uh, as well as it did for Caitlin. But uh, it's a fun mm-hmm. fun fight. Uh, they also announced uh, Megan Anderson and Casangano uh, uh, as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that fight. I feel like Kat needs she needed to move up to 145 just so that she can get like one fight in because you know if Cyborg beats Savannah Nunes, it's like who's left? They're not gonna have Megan Anderson fight her. So at least if Kat Zagano gets one win, she she'll pretty much lock up. I think the next shot is Cyborg. All right, let's try this again. Lee, are you there? Maybe he has his like microphone off or something. Hey guys, can can you hear me okay? Oh, there we go. There yep, we go. We can hear you now. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was I was dialing in from my computer and it should have worked okay, but uh, dialing in from my phone now, so all good. <laughs> all right. As we say here on the live show, we we're, we're no stranger to this. This is uh, <laughs> the nuances of, of having a live show. You don't you, you don't get to cut and edit and. You have the nuances of, uh, of technology that love to mess with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad, glad to join you guys anyway. So, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, um, the 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 Indigo uh, worked worked out. You guys got the uh, the book made. I, I didn't get a chance to, to 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 get through anything yet. I've been kind of busy, but uh, um, definitely looking forward to uh, breaking through on that thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great, and, and yeah, look, a lot of support from a lot of uh, really uh, engaged and, and passionate people, and uh, the Indiegogo, the Indiegogo got over the line, and um, yeah, we were, you know, we're we're rocking away. Um, people are people are buying the book, you know, on a daily basis. I'm getting feedback on a daily basis, and it's you know, it's so gratifying to uh, see if there's still interest out there, and um, you know, the feedback's been been pretty much all positive so far. So, yeah, pretty pretty chill for that, I have to say. What do you think about it? You couldn't have could have done a book at a, about that at a better time because of kind of the strife of where the sport is right now, where everyone's kind of like wanting it to, to be like how it was uh, when you had the first boom in in the uh, in the early two thousands, you know. And uh, you know, I think Pride Pride FC kind of represents that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, look, the, the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess, in that sense. I mean, MMA has always been caught, I think, between the two stools of sports and entertainment, and, and Pride really managed to kind of mix those elements better than anything else. 
Um, I think with UFC, I think we have a bit of a glut of content. And actually, I think we have a glut of content in general where it's hard to know who's significant anymore. You know, it's hard to keep track of things. I think aside from sort of a few of the mega fights, you know, like um, with the likes of Connor or Khabib, um, you know, or Jones or Cormier or these kind of guys, um, you know, it can be a lot to take in. I think Pride reminds people of a time when um, the most significant fights were happening in one place, one place only, and that was in Japan. Um, the UFC didn't quite have, uh, you know, the, the roster in terms of either the characters or the quality of fights. And, uh, yeah, I think that people are nostalgic for that more than anything else, you know. I think... Um, it's a real throwback uh, when you see something with Ryzen. If you guys have watched uh, Rising Cards, um, mm-hmm. you know to see kind of what that what's happening there, and uh, it's a real show. You think it's, it's an easy. Hmm? Did you hear me? What do you think of the their mascot, the the couple soup? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think mascots are really common in Japan. Um, I managed to go see them when uh, about two years ago now for one of their New Year's shows, and the cup of soup came out with Rin Nakai. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the yeah. photograph, but there's a great photograph of, of Rin uh, dressed as, uh, for those of the people who don't know, Rin Nakai is kind of a bodybuilder uh, that I would... It's fair to say that I think some of her fame comes from uh, some of the kind of quasi-erotic video she tends to shoot um more than her fights necessarily i know we were talking about there was a oh it was really uncomfortable to watch it was like uh, they had her dressed up in like a like uh, i guess like a, a a rabbit that was like there was just like almost nothing to it i'm like oh my god i'm like who talked her into shooting that <laughs> yeah yeah, I think her husband is her manager, so I think that's uh, that, that's kind of what the dynamic was there. But uh, yeah, well, um, there's a great picture of her in pretty much a dominatrix, dominatrix outfit with a whip um, beside the Cup of Noodles mascot. So look, you know, I think uh, the rising in Japan, I think, will always give some of that kind of um, that, that craziness and, and that element of things. And at a time when, you know, um, the UFC, I think, uh, was, was getting maybe a little more predictable, a little more stale. I think it's definitely not stale or predictable now. Um, and Bellator is really challenging now as well. I think it's it's a good time. And I think the book hopefully provides an historical perspective on uh, what, it, what it was like back in the day. And, and uh, hopefully some elements we can get back. I think certainly the entertainment elements of Pride are things that, you know, should always be with us really because that's what keeps people engaged. And, you know, that's what keeps people uh, interested. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. UFC is kind of shot themselves in the foot to this point in time and, and kind of gotten, as you said, stale. It's uh, kind of the, the the only word you can put on it right now. I mean, it's just, it's bad. I mean, even, you know, regardless of what I had, anyone felt about uh, the uh, Khabib and Connor fight, either pre or post or whatever, um, they're, they're still in need of, of, of fighters who people or you know, enamored by, attracted to, what you know, however you want to put it. They're just – I've been saying it for almost five years. They're just not doing anything to develop their stars. I think there are people that they could probably do it. It's just they don't put any any promotion behind them. And as you said, you know, Bellator is kind of knocking on the door, you know, and, and it's not just that they're knocking on the door with uh, uh, production value or, 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 or you know, or – numbers as far as, as the ratings go. I just think of what their overall 
uh, feel for the promotion and, and just how they're moving along in the sport right now compared to like the UFC. It's, it's kind of been where they were for like the past five years, and they're like, uh, you know, the uh, the rear wheel drive car is just kind of stuck in the mud right now, spinning tires, not doing anything. Yeah, you know, I think there's a reason for that. I think that the reason is they're they're caught between two um, two things which drive their business. Uh, one is a focus on uh, a sports element, um, which you know uh, relates to the fact that they've brought in USADA. Um, they increased a lot of the different um, uh, you know uh, cards to to continue to put those things on. We have the rankings, we have the belts, and also as well. I think the athletes are also encouraged to think of themselves as athletes, you know, primarily. And if you look at it, so many guys will just say stuff like, you know, I respect the guy opposite and I, I have no real beef with him and all this sort of stuff, which, you know, I think morally is commendable. But um, I think from an entertainment perspective, again, is kind of, there, there's very little variation. Um, and then on the other hand, uh, and sorry, the other the other element of that as well is, constantly competitive fights you know no uh, no fights where people are going to be matched with with pushovers so if you look at someone like you know um say cm punk uh you know he was given someone a mickey gall who was incredibly who was always going to win and even someone like mike jackson who um you know uh is is a very game semi-pro uh was was also able to beat him pretty easily too you know and maybe the mike jackson fight would have been the first one to go with if they had really wanted to build him up as a name, and I think if he, if he, if he had found himself in Bellator, they would have approached that situation very differently. But then on the other hand, the other thing that drives their business is um, big fights on pay per view with with mainstream stars, and and you know it's it's now difficult to where how do the guys break free of that when the first dynamic, you know, that fact that there's competitive fights all the time, uh, guys like Sage and Orkut, you know, they're not necessarily um, I'm going to use the term protected. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's the thing is it's hard to build those stars in that case because when you put everything into being a legitimate sport and having competitive fights, um, you know, guys are going to lose. I mean, that's what happens. So, yeah, look, I mean, I think that's um, that's really for me where it's coming from is uh, and it has generated money for them because they can they now have, you know, the streaming deals and the Fox deals previously, which which garnered them a lot of money. Um, um, but really truthfully for to keep things going, they they do need stars too, and yeah, you're right. They they have this real problem, and I think it's it's structural as well as cultural, um, you know, because of how they set up their business model. So you kind of think of this is self-inflicted. This is kind of the, you know, the way they've been kind of running things has kind of been steering the ship this way. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, on the other hand, you know, it's been pretty successful. I mean, one of the things I talk about in the book towards the end is how, um, you know, one of their key drivers of their business was the acquisition of competitors and the folding of them, um, their territories and their fighters into the UFC fold. Um, and ultimately that built their brand and, and meant that they pretty much put themselves in a monopolistic position. I think now it's breaking apart a little bit. Um, I think interests and in, in deals in Bellator and PFL tell you that it's it's the market's kind of getting a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, look, this was what they gamed for. And taking pride off the pitch, uh, it, they didn't get a direct return on the you know 600 million or so they they invested in, but they did get an indirect return because um, when they sold the business for four billion, one of the major reasons why they got that amount of money was the fact that they were in almost a completely monopolistic position. So, you know. Uh, it's it's 
it's interesting to see how they'll be able to sustain it. You know, what does the UFC look like in, in 10 or 25 years' time? You know, I think that's, that's the interesting one. We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. You know, I, I kind of felt that in five years this, this sport was going to be, you know, somewhere in a different place. But, you know, as, as I was just saying, it's kind of felt that, at you know, uh, at that time they just kind of, you know, kind of hit the top, so to speak, of, of wherever this model was taking them. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you look at something like Connor Connor against Khabib, um, you know, uh, they've they've slowly but gently kind of worked themselves into the the mix where they're not too far off boxing. You know, um, my mother's uh, partner, uh, he's a sixty year old guy. Um, he doesn't really watch MMA, but yet he had seen the fight and he had opinions on it, and he you know, chatted away to me about them. And that's one of these things is those really super casual fans, if, if they're reaching guys like him with, with that fight, you know, that tells you that they have a certain level of credibility. And um, every once in a while, they're going to have a hit. And then, you know, uh, they're going to generate a hell of a lot of money. But for the rest of the time, yeah, look, they're going to trundle on and, and uh, you know, make make a, a bit of money. And, and uh, yeah, you know, probably put on fights for the hardcore fans like us, but uh, not always necessarily capture that casual fan, you know. Yeah, but you know what I think it was, too, with this past fight with Conor Khabib? Like, there was buzz from, like, the casual fans or even, the like, not really fans at all. There was a little bit of buzz, like, they knew the fight was coming up. Um, I know a lot of my friends, like, don't know anything about MMA at all. They're And they're like, oh, Conor's fighting this weekend? Like, who, who is he fighting? Like, they didn't even know about Khabib. But the next morning, everybody knew about it because of what happened afterwards. They were like, everybody was, like, texting me, like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Like, I should have stayed up to watch it. Like, I heard about it in the morning. I'm like, yeah, well, I invited you over for the fight, but, like, whatever. So now you're interested because of all the, like, shenanigans that happened afterwards. So, like, as much as the UFC is like, oh, you know, that's a, it was a shame or whatever, they're they're profiting way more off of what happened afterwards because Connor lost. So now it's like kind of worth it. You know? It's kinda of, that's kinda yeah. of like where they're like heading with trying to build up their fans. Now everybody knows Khabib. Like his his Instagram followers went up like millions like overnight. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think um look, uh, you know, maybe it's it's gonna turn into be a happy accident for them where they have created another star in Khabib. And um, yeah, look, it's, it gets people talking. Um, it, it also has a, a degree of controversy and uh, kind of discussion about it, you know, where people people kind of tease over the facts and, um, you know, they, they go back to the bus incident or the RTM incident um, and, you know, people kind of pick sides and, you know, look, we've all got our certain views on it, but there's no doubting that it kind of, um, it definitely generates interest and, and controversy and yeah, look, ultimately that's kind of what sells too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it's like the other hand. It's like you you get fighters that maybe aren't aren't as well known. They they try and like start controversies and stuff like that, and they're not going to get the same kind of protection as like Connor does. So it's it's like kind of like it's gonna is it get to the point where it's going to backfire? Like people are going to start trying to like do whatever they can to like get into the limelight, but really in actuality they're just getting themselves in big trouble. Yeah, I think the real interesting one from that perspective now is going to be if if the fight happens is going to be Colby against um, Tyrone Woodley. I mean, I think Tyrone's mm-hmm. from Ferguson. You know, he's pretty pretty uh, vocal about um, you know Black Lives Matter and you know uh, a lot of those issues. Uh, Colby has been very uh, outspoken uh, in other ways. Um, so I do wonder if that fight get made fight gets made. 
um, you know, what that might stir up, you know, and, and um, look, price fighting always has fought on, um, you know, dividing lines in society. Um, you go back to like um, Schmeling versus Lewis, you know, where uh, there was a, a big sort of controversy between the United States and, and, and Nazi Germany, um, Fraser versus Ali, all these things evoked um, real fault lines in society. And uh, I think the UFC know that that's, again, what generates interest. So we'll have to see. And hopefully, look, uh, as long as nobody gets hurt, you know, I think that's the real key and important thing. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to have to – this will always be with us in a, in a, uh, to an extent, I think, when it comes to fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even in Connor's case with the bus, people did get hurt. But you know, it's like nobody really cared True. about them. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I'm absolutely. Right here, <laughs> this is what uh, like something that that Summer pointed out, and like I was thinking it the whole time. I was just waiting for somebody to say it. Like everyone's like, oh, to be able to react to what happened on the bus. No, 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 no. That that that's done and over with. Connor went to jail. He's he's be, he, he's being punished by the law for that. That's over. Regardless if you acted on it or not, that 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 is over with. When you do something, when you are Connor was not a sanctioned fighter at that point in time. Neither was Khabib. It was it would have been no different if me and you started some stuff with with Khabib or Connor. It would be no different. The difference is is what happened that night was in a sanctioned area where you were. You know, you know, being governed by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and people were involved in that area that were not sanctioned. And in my opinion, unsanctioned person in the sanctioned area, Conor, Conor McGregor could have could have knocked his head into ten rows back, and I wouldn't have cared. You have no right in that area in any way, shape, or form. Was Conor and his team wrong in and being kind of uh, you know the uh, the 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 wonky frat boys who kind of just 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 poke the bear until the bear responds. Well, yeah, the bear responded, but guess what? The bear's the one that's going to wind up getting in trouble at the end of the day. Is it right? Absolutely yeah, not. It's it, not right. Isn't it like kind of? I don't know if it's illegal or whatnot, but it's kind of like you're a professional fighter. You shouldn't be punching some random person. Like you could do serious damage to this person. Wasn't there like a boxer that, or somebody that just like punched some no, some guy dressed up in a costume and like broke his jaw? Remember the old Rocky movies? Like, oh, your your hands just register as uh, as, yeah. as registered weapon. That yeah. stuff doesn't fly no more. That that really doesn't, and it shouldn't either. Because if a regular citizen comes up to a professional athlete with a mob full of people, even if he's a a a, a boxer, a cage fighter, or a wrestler, whatever. That that guy should be able to defend themselves without these these people being able to try to come after him financially because they egged on a situation. It, like I said, is Khabib wrong? Yes, but as I said about Connor with, with the whole situation, was was he wrong? What he did with with Artem and all that? Absolutely yes. But as I said about Connor, same thing with Khabib. I would want that that dude in my corner if something went down. Granted, I don't like how they went about it at the end of the day, but. As 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 somebody who who is like fiercely loyal to their friends, like yeah, that, that's something that that I get. But at the end of the day, regardless if you if your honor to your friends is is upheld or not, the end of the day you have to answer to somebody else. Yeah, look, I think um, John Kavanaugh's take on this was pretty interesting. Um, you know, he said that he could just about stretch himself into Khabib's shoes and, and felt that. 
he could understand why Khabib did what he did, you know. Um, I think the the, the teammates, um, you know, Islam uh, Makachev and and uh, I can't remember the other two gentlemen. Um, I think there was there ended up being three guys who tried to get involved somehow in Connor. I think you know, particularly blindsiding him, I think wasn't acceptable. Um, Connor punching the guy on the top of the cage, which I think we all saw too. Look at, at the point where Khabib is, you know, jumping over the fence. I think all bets are off in that sense. And, you know, that the guy was probably going to go help Khabib, but he wasn't going to shake Connor's hand either. So, um, you know, that, that, it, that was what it was. Uh, look, I think the bus incident and, you know, uh, Artem, because I mean, Artem said something before he confronted him and he just really spiraled out of control. The, the problem with the bus incident was that was as shocking a thing as you could pretty much imagine. But then we had a build up after that too, where you know some things, a lot of things were said, and I think the problem with the bus thing was not necessarily that it you know more than justifies what Khabib did. I think it fueled the sense of injustice and maybe of impunity. Um, you know, when those things start happening, um, it, it's just it really does you know make things a powder keg, and uh, you know Khabib should face some sanction for what he did. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to question that. Um, but it's just it was a situation that maybe should have been managed differently. I think uh, when we look back on it. Uh, yeah, it should be. I mean, do I think he should be punished? Yeah. Should he be stripped? Absolutely not. Should he be fined? Yes. There should be some type of fine. But stripping him of a title, suspending him, like all this stuff, like come on, man. There's going to be yeah. some marginal suspension. He should be suspended anywhere from four to six months. That that's a give or take. But anything past yeah. that. Remember when is, Connor. Was, I forget who he's fighting. Connor fought somebody and then he jumped out into the crowd and was like screaming in Jose Aldo's face. Remember that? Like that could have easily started like a brawl, yeah, but like it didn't. Um, like he did the same thing. He jumped right out and got right in his face, you know, no, because nobody yeah. got a swing. If I remember correctly, his his hands were behind his back. He wasn't doing it in kind of a, 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 a physical confrontation manner. It was kind yeah, of like easily, easily somebody of like who was sitting next to Jose Aldo, one of his friends could have you know jumped yeah, in or something, and it could have started like a giant brawl and everything like that. I, got I mean, look, I, I think um, fighters and, and Pakistani fighters. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, look, uh, I'm not sure if you guys heard it, but there was some interesting footage where, you know, Connor was saying, uh, look, it's just business. Um, and I, I, I don't know if he was referring to kind of maybe grabbing Khabib's gloves or just the overall thing in general where Khabib was kind of pretty, um, you know, uh, you know, saying let's talk and let's, you know, like really kind of trying to get a bit of revenge on him. And, and Connor was maybe just trying to say, look, you know, it's just business. And, and look, Connor talks openly about the fight game, you know, and, and there is an element of detachment, I think, there for Connor. Um, I don't think that a level of detachment was there for Khabib. Um, and I think that's why when he jumped over the fence at, at Jose Aldo, you know, it was slightly different because it was it was theatrical. You know, Khabib was going to to try hit Dylan Dennis. He, he he came out at him with intent. I think Connor, you know, um, in that Aldo incident, I, I don't think it was the same. And um, if I've got to go in a second, guys, but I'm going to just tie this back to the book real quick. You know, one of the themes of the book is is how that different level of performance and, and what we understand as sort of being real and, and being authentic and, and not being real, how that can just sort of be changed so easily and, and how it kind of really, um, it really is so key to MMA. So um, yeah, if people want to find the book, um, they can go to beforeafallbook.com and um, check out the links there and they should be able to order from there. Now it's also on Amazon too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So all the Amazon links are there. Okay. Well, my my man, I know it's late there where you're where you're at. Um, anything else you want to say before we uh we let you enjoy the rest of your uh your night and get some sleep? <laughs> uh, just just to say thanks again, guys. Really enjoyed it. All right, man. You have a you have a good one, Lee. And, uh, enjoy your night. Need anything else, man? Just make sure you reach out to, to me or Nikki. You have a good one. Well done. Thanks, care, guys. Bye bye. All right. Thanks. Good night. All right. All right, everyone. That was uh, Lee Daly from uh, the author from but before a fall, a history of pride fighting championships. You know, he he had all kinds of contributors on this book: uh, Bass Rutten, the Shamrock. Uh, Hendrick Gracie, so th- there's a lot of a lot of stuff. Some the il- the illustrations are pretty cool too, like the the drawings that that the guy did were, you know, spot on. You know, Rex and Gracie mm-hmm. and uh, and Ta- Takarada. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's got a it, 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 it's a nice book too. It's not you know, not a little cheesy little book. So guys, uh, <laughs> check that out. But back onto this whole um, Khabib and Connor thing. You know, one thing I found weird about this whole situation that I I thought was really odd, like I know right. this isn't totally uncommon, but the fact that that I I, I just failed to say out, so it just kind of like boggles my mind. The fact that Daniel Cormier had to freaking pay for freaking tickets to go to that event after all he does for that freaking promotion, um, you know, the the Fox Studio, the play by play stuff, what he's do, doing inside and outside the cage, and that man had to pay for tickets. Is disgusting. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't understand that. I thought like fighters just get tickets for whatever they want. Well, no, like, like, like some, like I, I've had conversations with someone just like, listen, like, they're, 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 like sometimes, like, like, like you know, there's a pot where we're we're, we're going to be able to get some tickets, but like when they're these big events, they pretty much basically said you're on your own. You you, you pay for them when they have these big fights like like these ones. So. Sometimes these fights, in particular, that they have to pay for them. But if if I'm Daniel Cormier, I'm like, no, no, no. You just put me cage side. No. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, that's right. what I'd be at this point. No, I'm not. I'm not. And then you're like, oh well, because of the way he he tried to like upheld the peace with everything like that. They're refund. They're they're refunding him his money for the for the tickets. No. You don't you don't get to do that at that point in time. That that's just basically like, oops, I spit on you. Just let me rub this in. That's basically what it is in my eyes. Uh, I, I love that you were seeing all that, and I get you know the, you know let's especially for when you have these large events that yes, tickets are going to be extremely hard. But there's and cases. then the kicker is right after that they beg him to be the main event for New York. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> You get a gravel. Now, please, 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 you, need a main you, event love, you know I love Derek Lewis. You know I love Derek Lewis. But tell me how the hell are they going to put that fight together, man? That's disgusting. Uh, that's utterly disgusting. And, I mean, I've, I haven't gone back to watch. Me and you both already agreed that Stipe deserves a media rematch. That was, you know, yeah. whatever. And then you give Derek Lewis the fight when – I mean, shouldn't it be Curtis Blades if we're picking up anybody who who, uh, who who's in that heavyweight division that is not Stipe Miocic? Yeah, I would say yeah, I would definitely say that Curtis Blades would be next. But um, shoot. I, I mean, I know he's not the guy. Oh yeah, you just, right now. You just you just destroyed out like 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 three different four different fights just to try to make one. 
Derek Lewis looked horrible in that fight. Horrible in that fight. And, I mean, I have to go back and watch it again, but I'm pretty sure he cheated in that fight. He was like, he, how many times did he try and call timeout? He tried and call timeout like three times in that fight. He was like, oh, hold on, I got poked in the eye, or like I got like something, you know. I don't know. I was like watching him, like, what is he, what is he doing? Like, and <laughs> it's just insane. And then immediate title shot after that, it's crazy. If anything, they should have made John Jones just hurry his ass up and fight Daniel Cormier. Even a heavyweight, like, even that would have been a better fight. But, alas, we get Daniel Cormier, Alexander Gustafson, too. And the rumor is, is that they're stripping Daniel Cormier of the light heavyweight title, and that that's what that fight's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, whatever. I mean, I think that's dumb, too, because I wanted Daniel Cormier to, like, defend both. I thought that that would be, like, his thing. You know, like, on the first dual champion to actually defend both. But no. Like, what's the point of winning these two belts if they're just going to keep stripping everybody? Yeah, because, like, Connor was... Connor if you're holding two belts and he never defended either one. Just make the freaking extra divisions. Seriously. Because then yeah. whoever is like, going to want to weight, you can just bump the fight up to the other division. And it's no big deal. True. But also it's like you, you want to make all these super fights, then it's like, what's the point? Like, what happens What happens if Amanda Nunes beats Cyborg? Then she's holding two belts. What, are they going to just take one away? Again? Like, what's the point? Like, you, you hold oh, the belt for two days? She's already on that line, too, because she already said that, that she probably has another year left in the sport. So, you know, we should get get ready for that title to go up for grabs. And I'm just saying, instead of stripping them, having them fight somebody who's going to want to believe in or retiring with, within the next year anyways, make the freaking tournament. The UFC hasn't done a real tournament outside of the Ultimate Fighter in how long? Yeah, but I mean, I think with tour- tournaments, it's like people could get injured and like things get messed up, and it's like wind- could wind okay, up being but, like but not so the best. So, at the end. People, so what if you lose some money or fights get pushed back because of this person's injured or whatever? I get that, but the overall interest it's going to bring in because it's going to be an actual title fight with an actual title champion with an actual title contender. You're selling what you were told us the sport was going to be 15 years ago, mm. because it's lost that 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 uh, <laughs> that design that that outlook along the way. Some of it's fun, and it's not not like it's not entertaining to watch. But you know, like we were talking about with Lee, it's gotten stale, right? Honestly, you, we cover this. Isn't there times it's like it's like are we really going going to go through this again? Yeah. I mean, I think there's less casual fans now than there was. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, there's a UFC fight on. You want to come over and watch it? Like, people are not even really interested in, like, the regular fights, even, like, the good pay-per-views. Like, if it doesn't have, like, a superstar on it, they're not interested. Like, UFC 220, that just happened. That was was a pretty good card, and nobody cared about it. Yeah, the pay-per-view was a good one. It was just like, eh. I mean, even the Bellator one, it was like, it, that was a good event that they, they just put on and just, like, there wasn't any real buzz about it. Yeah, I know. For whatever reason, you know? But that could be the same thing with all sports. Like, I don't know, like, is baseball as big as it was back in the 90s? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. 
But I just think that us as Americans are, are aren't as enamored by baseball as we once were. You know, when it when the sport was in its heyday. You know, we're, we we love the we love the the nastiness of it. You know, we we we, we you know I think uh, with the exception of basketball, I, I think it's just it's just it's contact sport that is what what gets American going. Hockey, boxing, mixed martial arts. Football is number one. Football will always be number one in America. People are more excited about what's happening outside the the cage, the court, the anything. Like when I I'm not a big basketball fan, so I don't really follow basketball at all. But like what I only hear about is because because I'm not following the actual like games and everything. All I'm hearing about is like so and so said this or so and so did this or so and so wore this. Like it's all like what's happening like in the you know, after the games, you know, press conferences or, like, so-and-so's fighting with him or who. But, like, people care more about the drama than actually what's happening in the game. <laughs> it's like, well, really? Well, TMZ actually became a, a freaking goddamn TV show to yeah. top everything else on. TMZ is care about the an accredited news site. Remember how it was mm-hmm. talked about when we were kids? <laughs> mm-hmm. We love the craziness. It's, we just have to admit it. You know, Rogan was right. We lo- we love to slow down and watch the car wrecks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and speaking of which, did you just see uh, his uh, his Boston special just went up on Netflix, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the first half of it. I didn't get to finish it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, when he's uh, when he goes like we went from they need this, this, you know, when he's talking about the president thing, and he goes and goes from the line from Obama to to when he refers to to Trump as dating a whore. Oh my god, <laughs> <I'm dying. laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta love Rogan. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, as we're getting to the end of this, you know, we had um. We had uh, Bellator's uh, tournament is just about complete there. You know, Ryan Bader and uh, it looks like Fedor Olenko. What do you think? Not surprised by Bader. I really thought he was going to be in the final. But, I mean, Fedor, I mean, he just, I I don't know, maybe he just had an easier run. But, I mean, of course, he was going to beat Chell. I mean, I didn't get to see either one because I was in Mexico. But, so... So yeah, I mean, I, I think Ryan Bader's going to probably wind up winning. That's my prediction. You think Bader's going to got to got to stop the emperor? If Ryan Bader stops the mm-hmm. emperor, I would just retire and put him there. There's nothing else to do, bro. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not only that, it just goes to show, like, dude, you got to remember how close Ryan Bader was to getting that uh, that title fight with uh, with uh, with Cormier. You know, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, people forget about that. Him staying in the back of the uh, the the uh, press conference, like sitting there calling Daniel Cormier out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, and then now he's you know he's the already the light light uh, the, the the light heavyweight champion, and he wins this tournament. He's going to become the heavyweight champion in Bellator. Yeah. And, and then what are they going to do? Are they going to strip him or are they going to let him play? Yeah, they're going to be running around with the same thing. With, with two guys who, who are two division champions. What is with this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, as long as, I, the, I feel like uh, as long as you can stay active like and defend both, then go ahead. But 
people like to sit on their yeah, belts. I think Bellator's going to be a little bit more lenient with that than than what what the UFC is doing, just because of roster size. Period. Yeah, and they don't have as many events, so they have like more time, like coasted out. But I didn't. Um, I still don't like that whole uh, Dazzin thing, the whole streaming site for Bellator. I'm not really sold or happy about that. I, I guess I would say. What about you? Have you I haven't got into a that or not? Check it out. I haven't signed <laughs> up for anything. I haven't checked it out at all. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the idea of having to pay for another thing, but I mean, I, once I check it out, I'll see if it's worth it. Yes, yes, we got fight pass. We got this. We got that. Flow combat. <laughs> They're killing us to cover to, to to not only cover this sport to be a fan of it, ain't they? Oh yeah, definitely is. No, but I mean, what what else was there? There was uh, the, the Rampage Vanderlei fight, which was a freaking hot mess. Even though Rampage got the victory, <laughs> oh, I love I, I still love me some Rampage, <laughs> but I mean, God, really? Do you do, do you even want to see him fight again? Do you have any interest in the, any, him fighting anyone in Bellator again? I didn't have any interest in seeing him fight this time, but no, I don't. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Getting old, man, it ain't easy for that guy to cut weight and then Rampage isn't, you know, isn't 2005 Rampage anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. He's losing, he's, he, his knees are, are are messed up and he's, yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's losing that fire. I don't know what it is. Something's all. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for some of these guys to walk away, you know. They've been doing it for so long. Then uh, the Brett Primus and uh, Michael Chandler rematch has is, is, uh, been been situated. You like that one? Mm-hmm. I do. I like that one. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully Michael can stay healthy and we can see how that fight should have really played out. Mm-hmm. Or do you think that 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 Brent uh, was going to run through him that fight either way? <clears throat> no, I was surprised the way the first one went. So uh, I don't expect that to happen again. No, I don't expect that to happen again either. But you know, if he winds up clipping him with them leg kicks and he's getting he's sitting heavy on his punches, it could, it could happen again. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's not going to happen exactly like that again. <laughs> well, not exactly, but you would think that he has something else up his sleeve, I would hope. But oh, you never know. I mean, he might just have his number. We've seen plenty of people like get in the rematch, and, you know, they just still have no answer, you know? Yeah. Sometimes the, uh, that's somebody can't beat. The, the, the Son and Anderson Silva fight. The first time it was like, you know, it was everyone was stunned by it, and the second time Anderson just, you know, obliterates him. Yeah. Now Rose, even though she won both fights, she she destroyed Yoana the first time, and the second time around it was much more, much, much more closer. Right, but she still couldn't she couldn't pull it off, you know. And it's hard to catch that girl. She's got some footwork, man. I'm telling you. Y'all have people on the rest of, like everyone talks about Yolanda's footwork. Yo, Rose's footwork is is amazing. 
So, uh, but, you know, more uh, free agent news. You know, Eddie Alvarez signed with 1FC today. What's up with that? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Very weird. As he was the talking about like, how he wanted all this money to like go to Bellator and all this sort of stuff, but then he wound up going to one. Like that's that to me that's the strangest decision ever. Actually, it's not. Go and look at Eddie's career. Go back no? and look at it. Have you looked at Eddie's career before? I mean, he's not yeah, the guy that, like, that specifically. You know, he was. He was the bulldog guy. Then he was the dream guy. So he was already fighting over in there in that market, and they loved him over there. So he has a large a, a large following over there. So it's it's not as crazy as people think. It's just it's just not the sexy look or, or whatever that people are looking for. If one's got money to throw at a guy like Eddie Alvarez, Eddie knows that like you know he he looks like I'm not going to be the guy in Bellator. I'm not going to be the guy in the UFC. You know. Let, let let me go get another title before I hang things up and 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 see how everything plays out. One, I don't blame him for that. I don't. I'm not like really thrilled because I'm probably never gonna uh, get get a chance to, to 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 see him fight live in person before he retires, unless he takes a local fight somewhere before he does. But um, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's like I said, it's odd. A lot of people would would assume that it would be Bellator. Maybe even someone like PFL would have would have picked him up prior. But like I said, you know, when you have, you know, you got Hume and you got you got you know Rich uh, Rich Franklin up there in the uh, the 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 higher ups in that business. These are guys who are involved in the sport. So you know, maybe Eddie feels more comfortable working with them than than he would with, with uh, going back to Bellator and Scott Coker. Even though it's obviously a a total different regime this time around with Coker, just you know maybe just let the bay taste his mouth and he was never going to go back to Bellator that that this was always the plan. Maybe yeah, I mean I'm, I'm sure he had his good reasons to do it. He wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, let's just try this out. Like well, obviously, not put thought into it. Just about money either. I don't think it was just about money. I, I do think that it, you know he he. He wants to, to to be able to be competitive that wherever he was going to go. And, you know, maybe it was just a little bit smaller pond. But also maybe he's one of these guys that's going to blow that market up for, for one, too. We don't know that. Maybe, yeah. But is he, I don't know if he's a big enough name for people to tune in if that, like, are not fans to begin with just to watch him fight. Like, I don't – not me, <laughs> you know. Oh, I know, I know. You, you ain't, you ain't that one. No. Eh, but but whatever floats uh, your boat. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, I mean, he, I mean, he's a family man, so you know, we got to think of that. There's you know, multifaceted reasons to go into what he's doing. You know. Yeah. Now, is there anything that you wanted to touch on before, uh, you know, we start to get ready to break down? I guess I think we got like 13 minutes or so before uh, before uh, our next guest gets in here. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit over <laughs> a bit over a week. You've been away. Are, are, are we gonna are, are we gonna do what we said we we're gonna do off air? Are we, are we gonna make fun of uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, the Golden Point card or what? 
$49.99 for that event. Listen, I love Chuck. I love Tito. I got I got I got love for uh, for Kendall Grove and all that. I do I do like the fact that they are having a pro am. Um, I would I wouldn't have put I wouldn't have put more than two amateur fights on there, but that's just me. I'm not I'm not the promoter. I don't I don't figure that out. I mean, it probably has a lot more to do with uh, getting some of that the that lo- that local uh, local ticket dollars in there. I'm I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what a lot a lot of these uh a lot of these promotions do, but forty nine ninety nine pay per view is tough to swallow considering how a lot of us feel about that, that main event. What about yeah. you? Are 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 you grabbing that or are you are you gonna be trying to fish around for some of these streaming sites? <laughs> yeah, I mean fifty bucks to see this fight, which is probably gonna be just horrendous to watch, honestly. <laughs> and like, I mean, they must be banking on like hardcore, like old school fans that like, you know, I've been waiting years to see this rematch. Like, which I don't know if there's anybody out there that actually says that, but like, how are you banking? I I was not expecting it to be that much money. <laughs> I really wasn't, unless there was some bigger I'm names on there besides just Chuck and Tito. Maybe like like twenty nine ninety nine, maybe. That's maybe what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Twenty nine. Of, of, of being realistic. Yeah. Are even all the tickets sold out? Like the tickets went on sale, right? I don't even know. Like how well is it doing? Yeah. Are yeah. they even yeah. gonna make it? Like, like after, after the tickets went on sale, there wasn't a single ticket sold. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And then and the whole like they're gonna be drug tested and they like have to go through like whatever I'm like are they even gonna make it to the fight like I don't know. Yeah, Chuck, I've been uh, I've been seeing training pictures. I don't know what's been going on in the training room, but Chuck's been making his round, so he, he's he looks putting good. In the work. I like mean, I saw a picture of him recently. He looks he looks he good, looks better but than he did about a year ago, don't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like a year ago, you would, he had a like. Had I I hate to cut. be like the I hate to be like the like Debbie Downer, but like, how old is he? Like, how do you get into that good of shape when you're that old without like something to help you? You know what I mean? Like, even either he's been on something in the past, maybe you're off of it now, but like, hey, maybe hey, maybe he's just putting in the hard work, and I'm just being like negative, but like, you know, you 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 start well, thinking no, like. Hmm. This is, you know, us uh, looking at it with a critical eye. I mean, you know, a lot of people felt that that a lot of those guys in those earlier days were were abusing, and I don't feel that Chuck was one of them just because he had too many falls for for him to 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 be on that. You know what I mean? I don't uh, know. Dude, I, I feel remember, like back in the I day, he, everybody Chuck was like, if someone wants to smoke weed before our fight, I will buy them a pound of weed before our fight. It was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen, like what, like my early days, like 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 watching, you know, some of the stuff, the underground stuff on MMA, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it's funny how how times change in the sport. Could you imagine him saying something like that to uh to like Nate Diaz or something like that, <laughs> or Nick Sorry. Diaz rather, because Nate didn't fight him, uh-huh. it would never happen. <laughs> funny, but I, I mean. It's just crazy how much the sports change. I mean, I, I'm still very worried about that fight. It's just, just 
you know, you know, losing, you know, you know, it was like six or seven out of his last eight or something like that. It was just, and they were all stoppages. They get knocked out by a broken arms Rich Franklin. It just doesn't <laughs> doesn't mix well with that whole situation either. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's going to be tough for, for for a lot of us to be to take that, you know. But I I think people will anyway. People are going to still buy it. Maybe maybe it's like because you know all the people that were like big fans back in the day are now like too old to figure out how to use a streaming. <laughs> They're just like, oh man, I just gotta buy the pay per view. Like my dad, my dad would probably be like, oh, I'm gonna buy the pay per view. <laughs> like he doesn't know any other options. <laughs> he doesn't know. Like dad, we can stream that. You don't have to buy that pay per view anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really, and he still probably couldn't figure out how to buy it anyway. He'd be, he'd be like, look at the remote, like, how do I order this? <laughs> Yeah, I was literally just hitting you with that one. I'm like, wait, your your dad's gonna order the truck light? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Huh? I was just asking because you you were you were going hypothetical, so I was running with it. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, hypothetical. Like my dad probably wouldn't even know how to order a pay per view to begin with. He probably doesn't even know how to like order a movie on TV, honestly. <laughs> Hey man, it, it, uh, that's crazy because you know my my kid knows how to order that stuff easier easier than I do. I know, sad. But no, we're talking about weight classes and everything like that. Um, you know, with with the the guys being stripped of this, that, and the third. You know, is it time for the, the, the you know we, we've had a couple of fighters and talked about this in the past. You know we've been talking about adding more women's division. Is it time for Adam Weeks? I think so. I don't see why not. You know the women's divisions are doing very well. I think in except for the um, the featherweight, which the UFC has given no love to, and I don't see them even wanting to in the in the future. So, but I think the Adam Weight would be. I think it would be a good addition for the UFC. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, it pains me as a woman to say this, but they're pretty, and that's what, you know, fans want to see. Well, gag. I almost <laughs> gag myself by saying that. But it's, it's the truth. It's not like I'm, du- you know, I'm not naive here. What? I wish I was standing there in front of you when you were saying that, oh. watching you cringe. <laughs> I know. Oh. But it's the sad truth. I'm not naive on this topic. Like, you know, it's the truth. And there's some fighters from the 115 that could go down. You know, I think I think it's a good it's a good option. Why not? I mean, I I, I think it's just you know you already know how I feel about this. Just just get them all in here. Stop playing games. You guys have all this money now. There's no excuse for just not to have all the stuff done. You wanna you wanna put bigger fights together. Put all more weight classes. You can get your all your imaginary belts you want in the world, and and just 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 stop playing games with this. You're not only playing games with your own promotion, but you're playing games with some of these fighters' well-being because of, because of ha- how this sport has gone about the weight cutting uh, aspect of it since forever. Because no one has a freaking answer to it. So just bring mm-hmm. in the weight classes. 
stop playing around. Whatever you're going to lose from whatever one, you're eventually going to fill these guys up with, with, with some of these young kids that are coming up anyway. So what does it matter? And especially when they're having such a hard time filling cards now, like finding champions to headline cards and stuff like that. Like what's there's no harm in having more champions. Like it's only a plus. Yeah, it's it's one of these things that I just think that needs to it, it, it it's one of these things that should already be kind of corrected or in the midst of being corrected, but we're still sitting there having this discussion about it for whatever freaking reason. <laughs> I mean, does it feel like sometimes like we just beat this stuff dead? <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's gonna keep coming back up, so. I mean, they keep coming back up because people are just forgetting about it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the 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 whole Mike Russell thing, what he was, was doing with Ali. No one believes a word he said until Conor McGregor says anything. And Mike's a like Mike blew, like has gained like like five thousand followers over the last month. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's, oh, he's there like, you go. Just about hitting, hitting like eleven thousand followers, but it was just a, like it's crazy how. Something like that just kind of just like lay lays there dormant. Just one person of notoriety says something, you know, and all of a sudden it's like the golden rule. Damn, <laughs> that's all it took, really. Yeah, I mean, um, people are such followers not- nowadays. It's like one person, you know, if one person with enough clout says something, and it's like, oh, everybody's jumping on it. Like it's so ridiculous. I wish people would have more of a mind of their own. Like, that's what, like, I know this is going to sound, like, really, like, hippy-dippy of me, but, like, this last couple days when I, like, shut Twitter off, I was, like, so calm. Like, I didn't have to worry about everyone's, like, oh, my God, look at this one. Look at this one saying about this. Look at this one saying about this. I was just, like, no, I had no idea what was going on, and I loved it. (laughs) It was I think I'm not doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) Just, if just, I didn't uh, like keep up with like the news plan. for just writings, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother with Twitter except for with you know well my Twitter is just basically MMA news and if I wasn't writing anymore I would just delete Twitter I'd be like I don't need this shit I'm just gonna look at my friends Instagrams of their baby <laughs> like they post pictures of their babies like they're <laughs> so happy <laughs> <laughs> the happy part of life instead of the 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 vile nonsense that is social media. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but here we are. Yeah, you're right. Here we are in this, in this crazy world that is combat sports. <laughs> yep. What are you going to do? So we got about a minute or so before we're supposed to be getting a call from Troy Whitman. All right. And then we also got uh, UFC vet- veteran Walter Wade, uh, George uh, George Sullivan on in the uh, the final thirty minutes there. He said he's calling in, so I'm gonna have to give him a minute or so. Hopefully he's uh, he's on point. <laughs> no, no problem. Wonder, wonder, wonder. 
Did you see this thing about Ronda Rousey saying something about the UFC, like, gives fighters better treatment than others? Like, duh, you were one of them. <laughs> well, I guess someone was saying something and uh, kind of re- referred as uh, we were they were doing their thing. What do you mean? Well, no, like, I get, like she's wrestling. Someone brought up the the UFC, and I guess she responded, or was it in an actual interview setting? I think somebody I brought it up to her, and she responded saying that like the UFC has, you know, treats certain fighters better than others. Like everybody knows that, duh, and you were like probably the worst one. <laughs> like, and she was saying like it wasn't right. It wasn't. It wasn't right that the UFC treated some people better than others. What snippet did three month turnarounds like she did? Yeah, but she got she got treated very well by them. And I mean, yes, she she was very active. She wanted to fight and she she took on pretty much anyone they offered to her, but she was definitely like the golden child. I mean, there's all those pictures, those meme pictures of like Dana White and then like her sitting on his lap and then like Connor is the other baby. But I find those to be hysterical. <laughs> but it's like true. <laughs> Especially now she's at the WWE where it's like basically they, I mean, it's fake, so it's like, if you're going to lose, I'm not a big, I, I never followed WWE, but I still follow Ronda Rousey on, like, Instagram and stuff, and I'm, like, very confused by, like, what she puts up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, is she really fighting with these people, or is it not real? Is it real? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It's very confusing. I don't think it's real. <laughs> At least yeah, that, she that, never posted my, like my, she never like had anybody really that she was fighting. Like she she like hated like or she got into like that fight with Holly Holm right before the weigh-ins and stuff. But she never like went to her social media and was like like actually publicly beefing with anybody. Like no, now, the these only fighters like actually calling people out. Like you know. it wasn't Mr. Tate; it was Brian Caraway. Right. Brian Caraway is the only one that I remember her having a like verbal spat on social media bail. And it was right after weigh-ins, after the whole thing in Strike Force. It was before they went to the UFC. Yeah, and even like they like Misha and Ronda were like the the probably the biggest rivalry in like women's MMA, but they never really even like bickered at each other. Like like the way that like Connor talks or like um Kobe t- talks or like people that go back and no, forth to each other. Not like they were never of, like that. They were just completely dismissive of each other's skills and were just like, nah, no, I'm yeah. going to trash her. Yeah. She's it's a thing. She's a thing. Nope. each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, when you go back and look at rivalries, I mean, it's that um, Vonderlay Rampage is probably. I mean, I, I still don't think I can find a bigger one than Vonderlay Rampage. The, the the stuff with Conor McGregor and Khabib isn't just like it's kind. It's it's almost manufactured. Like the 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 thing from Rampage and and Vonderlay was just utter just disdain just because he lost and it just got nasty. Because he just he didn't yeah. want to lose. Like that was real. It wasn't. There was nothing manufactured about it. He was just. You know, it was your thing. Like, I was just so – he didn't like the guy because not only did he beat him, but he embarrassed him and knocked him out in the worst way. So, yeah, that's – I don't like, believe I that Connor kind of, hates anybody, really. I, I don't believe that no, Connor, like, I, I really hates anybody. Of, he knows how to put on a show. 
Definitely. Like See, if, but if I, Khabib I've already said that. Go ahead. If Khabib had just stood up after that fight was over and gave, and you know, if he just stood up and like actually like put his hand out to Connor, they probably would have hugged and everything would have been fine. Like Connor wasn't like one to be like all upset or anything like that. He just lost. He wasn't gonna like start shit. He was probably gonna hug him, congratulate him and like be on their way. And then maybe in two months or whatever, if he wanted a rematch, he would start something up like, oh, you know, you know, some kind of like talking nonsense. I don't know. It's one of the things. Mm-hmm. All right, let me this thing send me a message. What's going on here? It's like, we're you, we're normally the ones that go over now. Now, now we're the ones uh, sitting here waiting for the guests to come and look at that. <laughs> hey. But But back to what we were saying, like Connor, like 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 I said, Connor kind of lets it known that that you know, I, 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 oh, it's just business, it's just business. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, who? What's the last fight that happened that like the two people like really honestly hated each other? Like you could tell that they just actually hated each other. I, there he is. <laughs> Is that you, my man, Troy? Yes, sir. All right, all right, all right. So, we are being joined by our second guest of the evening. King of the Cage, lightweight, Mr. Troy Whitman. Troy's riding a two-fight winning streak. is coming off a unanimous decision victory October 13th over Anthony. Uh, was that the Banza Rosa? I believe Davidanza. Davidanza. Yeah, is that the, is is that something that that you know not just the the media can't can't really get like we have so much uh, cultural diversity in uh, mixed martial arts that you know sometimes you gotta you gotta break out the dictionary to like how do I pronounce that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome though. It's great. I've uh, I've got friends from all over the world through uh, training MMA. <laughs> I think it's the worst when I have to spell some of these names and I'm writing stuff up. I'm like, oh my god, I just copy and paste. Yeah. <laughs> I could put like a joke like, on Twitter the other day. I'm like, I can never when, when pronounce that. My Yon coach J. starts Czech. yelling in, uh, my my coach likes to start yelling in Portuguese. <laughs> it's, uh, there's, there's sometimes sometimes there's a barrier. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But that's probably the fun part because you're probably sitting there like turning to one of the other team. It's like, what the hell did he just say to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your your name's easy to pronounce, so nobody should have trouble with that one. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty Americanized. <laughs> yeah. Me too. When I married my husband, I'm like, oh, I'll take your last name. It's so easy. <laughs> nobody will have a problem with that. <laughs> so, uh, you guys have a other another guest on as well, right? From uh, King of yeah, Cage. we got um, we got uh, uh, Dirt Sullivan coming on after you. Okay, cool, cool. 
So, man, let, let, um, let's, you know, let's learn a little bit about yourself. You know, not a lot of people really know who you are. I guess kind of give us, like, the, the 411 of uh, who's Troy Whitman, man. Um, I'm a Virginia-born and raised pretty much. Virginia, uh, reside in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Been training mixed martial arts for quite some time now. I've been uh grew up boxing, kickboxing as a kid. Uh my coach Dean Lavin, I've been under him for like forever now, like fifteen years or something. And uh man, I've gotten to do a I'm just blessed, man. I've gotten to do so much, uh, as a martial artist so far. I've um I started boxing, kickboxing, like I said, in high school. And I've been doing MMA since I was about eighteen, nineteen years old. And I've been pro for a while. I train uh, my jiu-jitsu and stuff in Woodbridge under Leo Dalla. And then uh, I do a lot of traveling for everything else. I do. I go to Lloyd Irvin's camp in Maryland. I get to go to uh, Rick McCoy's camp, MMA Institute in Richmond a lot. I train with those guys. And then, uh, like, not this fight I wasn't able to because of my regular job. But uh, my last fight camp, I was able to go and train at, um, team, with Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. So uh, uh, I like we were just talking about. I'm they sorry. Have, like, awesome, <laughs> they have an awesome gym out there. They have, like, everything, right? Oh, they have, like, a junior bar. They have- it's amazing. I'm about to make yeah, fun of Nikki because so Nikki's favorite right there. But Nikki loves talking to the guys and, and talking about Team Alpha Male. So you just, you just lit up her Christmas tree. <laughs> I like oh, right? man. I've uh, I've been to several different camps. I've um I spent a lot of time out at the Rufus Sport camp and uh, I met some good people out there and uh I was there for almost two years and then um I came back home. I, it wasn't really a good fit for me there. I tried uh I tried um Jackson Winks gym out in Albuquerque and I, it was a cool club. But I got to say, like, the best gym I've ever been in was definitely Alpha Male. You're our favorite team. Hey, man. He's recently put it on. Everyone has had the kind of people they To make it so that you never have to leave. You never have to leave. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a one-stop shop. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And it's so uh, great because there's so many... There's so many like different aspects of the game now. Like people don't realize like your you know strength conditioning, your your nutrition, your your regular yeah. training, your jujitsu, your everything, sauna, everything. Your recovery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. For me, uh, training in Virginia, um, I I I have to jump around quite a bit in order to be a complete martial artist. You know, in order to get my boxing, my Muay Thai, my wrestling, my jujitsu. In order to get it all, I have to go to several different places, and uh, it's quite a bit of time on the road. When I get to uh, have my camps at Alpha Male, just a couple of weeks, it's all at, all in the same spot. Um, I I actually went out there. Um, it was kind of a test run for my uh, last fight, the fight before this one, because uh, my friend Rick uh, Rick Glenn he moved out there, and uh, talking to him, he just he loved it. He had nothing but good things to say. It's a great culture, great training. Obviously, they produce the best fighters. So, uh, yeah, I went out there as a test run, and I love it. I I can't wait to go back. Hey, man, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, it, 
you know, I've been talking about it for the last five years because, you know, I, you know, I've been following this sport for some time. And when I first started doing this, it wasn't like, it was still kind of technically taboo to kind of, you know, bounce around. Now it's kind of the, the, the only way that a lot of you guys evolve and, and get better in some of these areas and, and is get right. different looks from different things and different guys. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, so I understand the taboo, uh, like, because loyalty is important. You know, we all, you got to have, have loyalty. And then if you're not with, if you don't have someone to grow with, it's hard to actually get better when you're jumping around. But I have a, I have a solid base, and then I have to jump around in order to gain those uh, training partners, the experience, to see those looks. Because really, in Virginia, we don't have uh, the one-stop shop like Alpha Male. Not everyone's got got that beautiful facility like they got. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing out there. Now, when when you go to the, the, these other things, like what is some of these things that you like to take away from there? Like, you go to Rufus Sport, or are you trying to try to take away striking? When you go out to Team Alpha Male, are you concentrating on your grappling or wrestling? Like, what is it that you're taking away from these places? Personally, uh, it's like it's mostly about the. Um, for me, it's the most important thing I think is, uh, like the the quality of training partners. Um, anytime I'm training, it's to better myself, to add to my game. Uh, so it's not specifically wrestling, not specifically striking, but it's everything. Like how can I incorporate it? When I was at Rufus Sport, uh, you know, it's more of a, um, I guess, striking based gym. But really, my wrestling with Ben Askren, my the time I spent there, Ben Askren was still there, and Ben Askren was the best coach there. Like I got the best work with under Ben Askren. He uh, totally changed my game. He really helped me develop as a as an MMA fighter. I'll never be half the wrestler Askren is, but the things that he's taught me, I can apply to my game. And then uh, Duke, Duke, you know, he was a good coach or whatever. I just, it wasn't, he wasn't a good fit for me. And then my training experience with uh, the fighters like Rick Glenn and some of the other guys were so good. I was able to keep those relationships. And uh, that's why I went out to Alpha Male was to train with him. And I I, I gained, I gained a lot of experience from seeing uh, people like Rick Glenn perform in the gym and kind of what they do day, like daily and uh, how they are able to get to the level they are. Yeah, I mean, they got, and you know, like the same thing like you were talking about when you go to Lloyd Irvin. They got a whole bunch of guys there. I know, like uh, yeah. uh, the Brew, you know, you know, DJ and all them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Sadiq Yusuf. He's uh, he just signed with UFC. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he won on the Contender Series, and yeah, I got to train with him for that fight. That was awesome. Uh, and then they got Peter Pettis, who also fought on uh, the same card I did with King of the Cage. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. Uh, I think he's. he's a, a he, I think he's underrated. Peter, because he's probably one of these guys who. Should probably be in the same place that that Sudik is right right now, but he's just the 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 law of MMA is just he he's had he's had uh, some bad breaks in, in in the last you know year or so. Yeah, I would I would totally say that about Peter. He um 
he's underrated. He's yeah. uh, he is very good. He's super athletic, and uh, getting to train with him and Sadiq, they're they're great training partners for me because they're both just uh, they bring they bring it for sure. So um, I would say yeah, he's had some rough fights, uh, either you know bad decisions, decisions that he should have won, but they gave the other way. Or just, uh, yeah. I, I believe he was hurt. He he went into one fight injured already. So yeah, I mean, he, I'm yeah. sure he he's gonna stick at he's gonna stick to it and he's gonna be successful. He's he he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things like I you know I, I love talking about you know guys like you guys that like that it aren't haven't hit the big scene yet, but that that are you guys are more than primed and ready to go to kind of make that. That 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 breakthrough to to kind of push through that 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 uh, that next ceiling, so to speak. So, you know, it's good that right. you're, yeah, you're sometimes, working. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's just uh, the right, doing the right thing, at the right time, the right place. You got to get a little lucky with it. <laughs> now, what are about some things like you know, you, 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 uh, another big thing that I, you know I like talking about is is uh, a lot of you guys were uh, I had this saying I would. If I was a professional fighter, if I'm, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, I would want to get my first loss within my first 10 professional fights because just get that thing out the way because there ain't no way you're getting all the way to the top without losing and that without it bothering you. We've already seen how right. many times in the past five years with, with these guys. I think right now Khabib's the only one I, I've seen that hasn't fallen yet. That, uh, yeah. Getting, going well, Khabib's, a, Khabib's different. Thank <laughs> you. He is a different Khabib's animal. Different. I'm not going to sit there and act like he's not. He is. He's different. But yeah. he also. But, uh, hey, hey, Khabib's not the only one. You, 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 you can't forget about. Uh, you can't forget about Ben Askren. <laughs> he's, he's still. He's on that same list. Uh, he been in I don't care uh, what Dana's problem with him. His personality. He rubs him the wrong way. Whatever, dude. You sat there and and and, yeah. and uh, had. You know, wars with Randy Couture in the legal uh, realm, and then bring him back in the fight. Brock Lesnar, don't c- come to me with 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 Ben Askren. Don't belong there. You damn well know he belongs there. That that you know, yeah. five, six, seven years ago, we should have gotten the George St. Pierre Ben Askren fight that everyone wanted. Oh my God! Yeah, everyone that everyone wants to see exactly. That's what everyone wants I, I, to I, see. I, 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 then it started. I, I believe the, the, because he knew it wasn't going to happen. So it's. It's it's kind yeah. of the one that kind of sticks in the soul for me. I know it, it's more personal. You you know you you've trained with the guy. You know you know where where the guy's level was at. And and, and people underestimate Ben Askren just because he's a he's an awkward guy, but he he's smart. He's he's funny. He's intelligent. I I really think that 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 Dana White let his personal differences with somebody come in come in the way of what could have been some great fights. I mean, you may not have been the biggest fan of his fighting style, but you know, it, how is he any well, different than Chael Sonnen? Right. Well, that well, he's better. Um, if you uh, if you look at him, he's, no, he's the better. argument was that his uh, the he's argument was that he was boring. He yeah. Well, the argument was that he was boring, that he was just laying on people. But then, if you look at his last several fights, he's finishing guys. He's grinding them out. He's got uh, submissions, TKOs. He's he's finished several fights. He's it's, that's exciting. We we all want to see that. So yeah, it's a there's just really no excuse. 
Uh, it's 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 where we it's where we are with the politics in life, man. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, there's things. Yeah, I mean, kind of get taken. <laughs> no, like to, for honestly, Derek Lewis just got a uh, title shot. Like, who? What, I don't, I've, nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> we were just talking about that before. right now. it's <laughs> crazy. Derek yeah, that's insane. You already get the title fight. You have to get lined up with another fight, then get stripped out of that fight, and get, get, get not have an opponent, and then the opponent that she that 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 she, that that she took place gets the title fight back again, and then her opponent that yep. she was going to get fight is fighting the number one contender in that division. It's a jar. You backs up without a title. Is everyone up to speed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then uh, and then yeah. they strip Ferguson for no reason, like, or because of no, injury, because I guess. Because he got cause, yeah because of the injury, uh, but he, then McGregor McGregor was able to go ye- a year. Right. Well, no, they're going to strip Daniel Cormier of the title too, and John Jones is going to wind up fighting Alexander Gustafson for the vacated light heavyweight title. Um, like that just makes right, absolutely but, no sense. Can we please get a freaking tournament? One of the one of these divisions you're going to strip these guys. Can we get a tournament? We need to do it, please. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like we see how long it took to strip uh, McGregor of anything. <laughs> well, no, because they didn't they, they didn't want to hurt the Golden Goose. No, can't yep, can't, can't yep. hurt the Castle. <laughs> Which I mean, it, it all it all makes sense. It's just frustrating that it's not about. You know, it doesn't really matter anymore. You're it's all about the money. Sport. You're fighting the sport, man. You, you see how how everyone gets treated. You're sitting there having Ronda Rousey yeah. sitting there saying that, that, like, you know, she she's like, hey, man, some fighters get treated good, some everyone else gets treated like garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's is, rough. That, is that where you where you gonna go? Is that where where your aspirations lie? Knowing where where this sport is heading, where it's continuing to head, that there is no change, there is no betterment, there's no plan in place. Or are you just going to be like, hey, that's where I want to go. If 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 it eventually becomes about about money and the not the competitions, then yeah, I'll weigh my options at that time. But for the most part, from when I'm talking to a lot of the fighters, it, you, they know what's going on. It's just like we're accepting what this is moving forward because we we want this dream. Well, yeah. Well, that's the problem. Is uh, you know that uh, that everyone just accepts it, and I feel like that's the problem. And then. That's why people, I mean, honestly, like people like McGregor, uh, who like McGregor, you know, all the trash and stuff that he got away with, he set the bar. Nobody has ever made that kind of money as an MMA fighter ever. So everything just went up another level, a couple of levels. And then we have guys like Khabib now who's on top and Khabib, he doesn't care. He'll just retire right now. And so, so like, it's, it's nice to have these guys at the top. That Dana White, that these these mass promoters can't control, like they they don't they don't they can't they don't have them under their thumb. <laughs> they're actually standing up for what they believe in and what you know how they should oh, be treated. Up for Let's be honest about that. He's standing up for Conor McGregor. And oh well, yeah, McGregor, all, yeah. Leslie Smith. Well, he's um, not, not not that he's uh, standing up for something. But he raised the expectations. Like no MMA oh, no, fighter has ever touched that kind of money. But that bar was already moving up that with, with, with what was going on with Ronda and John Jones, and you know both yeah, of them yeah. hit their stumbles, fell down flat in their face, and Conor McGregor got spurted clean out the other side, and that's what we got. Yeah, yeah, they created him. I don't think no. I, he he played a part in that. I'm not. I won't. I, I refuse to take that from him. Oh no no. He he. The, the, him backing up everything he said uh, certainly. Yeah, he certainly he, earned he it. It's just he delivered. he delivered on his end to get himself to that point. 
Yeah. So it's uh, I mean, it's rough, man. It's it's when you watch it and just like I was just, I, and I was just thinking like with everything that just went on with Leslie Smith, they get the 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 federal the federal labor law case got thrown out. Now they're appealing it, yeah. and I was just like, listen, if you would get. A handful of those guys who 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 get that that lion share in, in in the UFC, you don't even have to get Connor. You just get you know you get John, you get you know you, you know you get a couple of the other guys at, at the top there, and it's a different ball game. It's a different conversation, and the and and the fight and and it plays into the the fighters' hands. And I already said that if and when. That that there that there is a a labor agreement and there's a collective bargaining agreement. I hope it resembles a lot what the NBA has, where where they get the lion's share, not the not 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 the uh, the owners. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's just wishful thinking. I know it's not going to freaking happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard. Real, and then um because in in I mean with the MMA like UFC and uh, everyone's trying to copy the UFC and be that like monopoly where you're stuck. I mean, in boxing, the champions of the different organizations fight each other. Like that's why there's so many champions. There's so many big names. There's so much more money is like the WKKO, W whatever. They all fight each other. Like Bellator, why doesn't Bellator and UFC fight each other? <laughs> well, because when it comes down to when everything gets said and done, who's getting paid? Right, right. That's why you will never see a cross promotional event. Never. It's never yeah. going to happen. That means somebody. Well, Golden Boy's doing MMA now. This <laughs> year you're taking action. There's no way it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the money. What are you gonna do? That's what the sport has been been, been built on for some time, ain't it? Yeah. But uh, no, it's been going well. Yeah, with the whole thing with uh, Ben Askren. Um, aside from uh, his position, like he's doing well, and it was uh, like I said, it was an honor to get to train with him and get to meet all those guys, the other guys that he trained. That was awesome out there, and then uh, Alpha Male was great. Uh, I had a good, I had a good camp here, but I um I was I had to stay home because of uh, my new job and just the the timing and everything didn't work out, so I wasn't able to go to Alpha Male this time. I had to stay in Virginia. <laughs> what do you do now? Well, I, what about this fight, man? Because because uh, Steve's been been hemming and hawing about about this fight that 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 you just had, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a, a really tough fight. Um, Tony Dabadanza, <laughs> he uh, he was a good uh, good opponent. It was a good matchup. I believe uh, even going into the fight, I knew we had very similar styles. We're like the same size opponent. Like we're, everything matches up on paper, perfect. Uh, he was undefeated, uh, amateur and pro, ranked number one in the region. So I, I knew I had um, a tough fight on my hands. And then uh, I felt like a little I, – I personally, in the fight, I felt very slow. Uh, I wasn't reacting very well. And uh, when I put the gr- fight on the mat or on the ground, when I took him down, I uh, I had con- complete control 
Um, I know Steve thought it was good. Everyone thought it was an exciting fight. I don't know why I didn't get a fight of the night bonus. <laughs> I asked for that. <laughs> I took a lot of punches. I, you know, I, I thought I, I was going to get some, uh, <laughs> 60 G's, 60 G's, baby. 60 G's. Yeah, you know, give me, give me, it's not UFC. Give me, give me like, give me a thousand bucks. You know, I took a lot of a lot of damage in there. <laughs> You'd be like, yo, man, I need I need a break on some of them hospital bills too, bro. Come on, man, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got some bruising. I had to buy some I medicine. Mean, I'm still it's, recovering. Uh, it's it's one of the things that uh that, that that I hope as the sport is growing that these regional promoters are able to kind of do more for for these athletes. I mean, obviously they're not they're not dealing with uh with million dollar bankrolls and 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 whatnot, but uh. It's uh yeah you know it's when when you see you guys you know we're 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 talking about you know uh, discretionary bonuses and and all that and we're talking labor unions for these bigger promotions but I still uh, I still don't think that's gonna play any effect into what happens in the local regional scene and it, uh, as I guess uh, uh, Steve yeah. was in there I mean no we were I, I know I know what it, I I signed the contract you know I I know what we're you know, I know how it works, no, 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 and no, no, I've been doing no, it for a while. I'm not saying but, that um, there's anything wrong with, with 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 King of the Cage contracts or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, oh no, 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 I just there's right, no, there's nothing wrong with the contract. Good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the contract. I I totally uh I knew I just know how it works. You know, I've been doing it for a while, and uh I know yeah. it's definitely on a, um we're not getting rich on the local scene. <laughs> Uh, so and then you know in the casino, there's no, there's not really uh ticket sales because a, a lot of fighters make a lot of most of their money from you know marketing themselves and selling tickets, and then I couldn't even get from uh, ticket sales in the casino, and I'm sure there's a that's a big overhead to hold your event there. There's a lot of expenses. It's it's rough. It's a it's hard to make money in the sport. <laughs> You ain't lying, man. You know you, they don't. They don't need to tell us this any, anymore, yeah. man. We, we 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 see you guys enough. You know it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get the to to do, regardless of uh you know what end of uh of it you're on. If you're the fighter, if you're the promoter, yeah. it's uh you know right. It's, it's all it's work. Hard. Now, but uh, we were just talking about cross promotional things. It's Steve just but just just posed a message. What about a regional one? You know, we, we've seen, you know, some stuff with Alliance. They were trying to pull, pull things together. But uh, wouldn't you like to see, like, uh, like an, uh, like kind of like what we were just kind of seeing with MMA Pro League, but kind of like on a regional thing, maybe we see, uh, you know, uh, uh, a West Coast promotion, you know, come out and, and, you know, you know maybe do King of the Cage versus, like, uh, Ring of Combat. They're actually they I actually kind of, have something like that going. They they actually started something like that for amateurs. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, some of the local amateurs just represented Virginia. It was Virginia versus Florida. So I think that would that's kind of cool because then they can um you know they can maybe have their own little ranking, and then uh the the best could fight each other, and you know you'll have like a regional champion or like I think that would be a cool way to do it, and then. You know, our region, or the best in our region, could fight the best in the Midwest or versus the They just did, you know, Team PA versus Team New Jersey. We're trying to bring back kind of that, uh, that yeah. you know, early MMA vibe. So I mean, you know, let's go all in on it, right? 
and I mean, I think I feel like uh, that's that's a lot easier to sell as well because, um, you know, like I said, uh, amateur circuit just had Virginia versus Florida, so all the Virginia guys, it, even if you don't know who the fighter is, you're representing where you're from, and uh, just just like uh, me fighting Tony, um, the whole arena was booing me and cheering for him even after I won. <laughs> like even after they like when they were announcing the score, uh, when they announced who won, it, it seemed like he won. They were cheering his name and yelling his name as if he won, which I mean, it, it was a tough fight. I give him the credit; he did really well. But they were they were rooting for their guy, you know. So if if, if uh, he, was like, he was representing, he was basically representing Maryland, and. When when, when you're even on the regional scene, are you worried about sometimes going to some of these regional shows because a lot of these promoters, you know, you know, judges, referees have kind of worked with these guys all throughout their career. You're going into their backyard, and you know, when 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 you're lined up there, and you know, they got your hand sitting there, and like, yeah, I think I won this fight, but don't can't tell me in the back of your mind like oh my god if they get if they get me man I swear to god I'm going to lose it <laughs> yeah that is uh that is always a uh a fear like fighting in you know the enemy's territory basically it's like you know is it I'm, I I know how it is I know what to expect going in and if I didn't win decisively there was no way I was winning a close fight <laughs> had uh had he taken me down or if he cut me open I definitely would have been. They probably if I if he cut me the way I cut him, I know they would have stopped that fight because the the placement of the cut, the, how much blood there was, it would have been a TKO. Like if I it was me bleeding, it, I would have lost for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Because I was Got in his up. yard. I was at I was at, I was at his house. <laughs> So what what do you want to do m- m- next moving forward? You know, are we are we going to stay with uh with, with King of the Cage or you just uh you know take 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 a take a few weeks and uh and see see what uh what what kind of rocks get thrown in your direction? Well, I I tried to train. I tried to uh, get back to training last night and uh kind of found out how many little injuries I have, like little bumps and bruises. So I'm definitely going to just go ahead and relax the rest of the week. And then um, back to training, getting ready for whatever's next. I'm not opposed to fighting King of Cage. I had a good experience with them. Um, everything worked out. There was no issues. But I, I mean, I'm willing to go anywhere. Honestly, not. I'm not stuck with them. <laughs> it was just a one fight contract. But I liked. Uh, so, I like Steven. Are, I like King of Cage. As we're getting closer towards the end of the year, are, are you going to get your fans to kind of? Uh... Get that that push for uh, Axe's uh, uh, fight of the year. Try to try to get your fight thrown up there. Get, get some uh, get some TV time. Uh, that would be sweet. Uh, not, I don't know how to do that, but I would do it if I, no, I mean, like, normally, if I can. Like, like as we get closer to the end of the year, you know, they, they they go over fight. They look at submissions. They wind up, you know, uh, breaking things down. And you know, obviously, I'm I'm asking because you know we're. We're midway through October, so there's there's you know two months left, you know you know at, like as you're saying, Steve is sitting there saying blood everywhere. This is you know this is you know w- one of the best fights of the year. I mean, if you guys feel that way, I, I think that you guys should at least you know you know, try to get it some uh, at least on your end. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a uh, it was a bloody war. Um, I believe uh, 
I believe our striking was very back and forth. Um, I think I hit him a, you know, I hit him real hard a couple of times, cut him open. He hit me with a lot of volume. I, I took a lot of damage as well, and then um, I was able to control it. I thought it was a, yeah, I'm pretty. I think it was a good fight. Maybe if it makes it on Access TV as fight of the year, maybe then I'll get my fight bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe you can talk to uh, you can talk to the guys about that. It's like, hey, man, if I can get that thing on uh, <laughs> yeah, on, uh, maybe on, on, uh, voted up there. Let's, let's talk about uh, uh you know, uh, some four zeros that I get in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, the fight itself, uh, like you said, it was a bloody match. It was it was awesome. I um, I. You know, I obviously want the flash knockout. I want to walk out there and just get my hand raised. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to take any damage. But it's always nice to really prove myself through, you know, a hard war like that. It is cool to see, you know, kind of see what I got, (laughs) see what you're made of. Yeah, it's one of these things, man, where you got to, you know, when you, you get in those fights, man, I seriously think you guys need to – I know you guys want to get back in there. Like, like I know how you're feeling. You're probably like, listen, if I don't get one at the end of the year, I, I, I need to get, get one, like, early next year. And, you yeah. Know, regardless I'm, if it's, I mean, I, I do because I'm, I'm getting a little old, but but I, I got to recover as well. But also, like, you know, you've also had, had some weird situations where – you know, over the past few years, you've only had like two fights, so I can I can understand why you would want to get back in there too. Right. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. it's been rough. I've uh, I got some excuses, um, you know, injuries, uh, people pulling out, whatever. But uh, mostly, it's just been my schedule. Like for me, you know, I like I said before, I work full time, so I it's it's just I don't train, I don't get to fight nearly as much as I'd like to. I definitely want to get back in there. Um, I spoke to my manager, and hopefully uh, I can fight by January. That's the that's that's like the yeah. goal right now is to fight by January. Yeah, that's not what either end of like December. Give you uh, get, give you at least you know three to four weeks to kind of get 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 back to to being yourself, and then get back in the camp and have him do his right. thing. Yeah, recover, and then uh, I'm I'm working on getting my work schedule set so I can. Uh, train at Lloyd's a little more often as well because uh, like, like we said earlier they, they got a club full of monsters uh, that's what you got to do man so um, uh, uh, Nikki anything you want to say before we uh, wrap it up and uh, you know give uh, give Mr. Sullivan a call no nothing nothing specifically just thanks a lot for coming on here and uh, talking with us tonight hey yeah thank you for having me Um, if, uh, if you don't mind I'd like to Give a little shout out to my sponsors. You know, what we do kind of before the end of the interview is kind of throw the proverbial microphone over to you. Anyone you want to thank, training okay. partners, teammates. You got your social media. Yeah, so yeah. Sponsors, you the time is yours, Ben. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, like you said, uh, my teammates, uh, everyone, all the big brothers, big brother jiu-jitsu, Christian Banghart was a big part of this fight. He really helped me out. Um, obviously Leo Dalla, Dean Lavin, my man Jovan, everyone looking out for me. But then uh, my sponsors, RDX Sports, uh, my fight gear, uh, Alpha Outpost is my favorite sponsor. I gotta say, 
they hook me up with these uh, packages, Alpha Outpost. Uh, I get to, you know, obviously use them outdoors. Um, yeah, I'm thankful for this fight. Uh, everyone that helped me out, my friends, family, friends, everyone that was in my corner, everything kind of came together, and we got a really good fight. Hopefully it was fight of the year, and we make it on the Access TV show, like you're saying. Hey, man, and, hopefully uh, you get it. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, uh, I got I to gotta give a big thank you to Sean White, uh, White Out Promotions, my manager. He's the one who made it all happen, and uh, he he made it work for sure. Yeah, he's been he's uh, he's been one of these guys grinding on this uh, local scene as far as the uh, managers go. So I know who uh, yeah who, who he is. You know, hopefully, uh, you know we can get you back on here again in the future. Yep. Yep. All right, but uh, well, we also you, we also just said you watch it on uh, uh on uh, Mav TV in about six weeks too. So there you go. There's another one. Yeah, yeah, that's good exposure as well. So there's that. That'll be your kind of introduction into it, I guess. <laughs> when we get start laughing yeah. for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, um. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on, Troy. You know. Uh. You know. Uh, w- wish you the best moving forward. Heal up. Hopefully we can uh we can see you get back in there within the next three to four months or so. Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Have a good night. All right, you have a good one, Troy, and uh enjoy the rest of your evening. All right, you too. All right, everyone, that was our second guest of the evening. That was Corey Whitman, young lightweight you know, from the uh the Virginia area here, so another uh Fun and up and coming fighter. Now we can uh, move on, and I'm going to quick word from our sponsor as we give her the next guest. Halcyon Float, Philly's only float spa. Floating is a relaxation and therapeutic technique that uses sensory deprivation to achieve a deepened meditative state. Halcyon special isolation tanks will make you feel as if you are literally floating. Located at 209 West Girard Avenue in Philadelphia. Open Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 10. Saturday, 8 to 10. Sunday, 8 to 8. For more information, visit Halcyon Floats on Facebook or call 215-279-7607. Halcyon Floats, Philadelphia's only float spa. We are back, and we're being joined by our final guest of the evening. He is UFC veteran and Maverick MMA uh, welterweight, George the Sour Sullivan. How are we doing tonight, my friend? Doing good, bro. Doing really good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. You know, it's been been a little while. You know, you've uh, you've been kind of uh, through the ringer here the the last few years. So up, down. Yeah. You've been pulled in every, in every direction the last few years. I got to give it to you, man. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, it's been, been most a crazy people ride. crumbled <laughs> under all that, man. Bless you, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all yeah. you can do is get, you know, put your chin up, chuckle about, it, and keep talking. Oh, yeah, right? I've been through everything, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think anything else is gonna happen in my career other than up now. I've been through it all. Uh, you know, 
But, you know, I'm ready to fight. That's all that matters. Yeah, you're fighting. Also, um, the the gym is officially open now, correct? My gym? Yeah. Yeah. It's getting, it's getting yeah. bigger. We just did some more upgrades, too. Love it. Love having my own gym. Is that probably the more rewarding part about you know your 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 martial arts career is is the gym g- g- giving back to the future generation? Because some people yeah. you know they they're in it for the the the, the adrenaline rush. They're they're in it for the money. Some people are in it for you know the growth. You know not not everyone is is meant to be a a, a martial arts coach or MMA coach. However you want to you want to break that down. Yeah. Uh, you know. I I love fighting. I've been doing it for so long, and there's still no better feeling than you know winning a fight. But I have been getting that feeling, training these guys and these little kids, and giving back to the communities that have supported me over these years. I know I have a few years left of fighting left in me, and um, when I at least I get to stay with the sport once I'm done putting my life on the line, you know I can help other people try to complete their, their dreams and get to where I got, you know. Still fighting at a high level all the time. It's fun, but it does take its toll, you know. But this is uh, – it's still fun for me, so that's all that matters to me. But now I get to do it both ways. Like I had my fighter win a couple of months ago, and it was an amazing feeling knowing that I made him from scratch. You know, it was awesome. I mean, it's one of the things I like. I like talking to you guys about, like as as you guys kind of progress through your careers. You know, you're starting to see a lot of guys from from the the tri-state area kind of popping up gyms. Like, uh, I think both you and uh, Jonathan Weber guys in the in the kind of tri-state area who are, you know, getting towards the uh, the, the, the middle to the end of your career, and and both opening up gyms, kind of. Within yeah. the the thousand miles or so. Yeah, you you can still have a gym and have a career. Look at Henderson. You know he fights in his forties. You know I don't <laughs> plan on fighting in my forties. I'm 37 years old. I'll probably fight till I'm about 40. You know I'm gonna give it one more run. It was hard to get back into a groove when I got suspended for something I didn't even do. You know, and I won my case and they let me back in, but um, that that break gave me rust and then you don't fight every seven I was fighting every seven months it didn't give me a chance so I was very blessed that the UFC will, allowed me to stay with USADA so I could still be in the pool can call me any day to fight I'm very blessed that now I can fight anything I want plus I'm still on the UFC roster so it allows me to get back in my groove that's the one thing I'm really happy about you know but you know, it's only some people some people say, like, when they open their own gyms or they start coaching more, it, like, helps them as a fighter, too, because, like, you get to, like, you Absolutely. hear yourself saying things to other fighters, and you start kind of like, oh, I should be doing that to myself, you know? Like, you get, like, a yeah. an outside look on it. Yes, yeah, so two things I've learned since I've had a gym is I've learned that I stay in better shape, because right now I'm 187 pounds. 99% of my career, I would be 210, 215 right now. But now that I'm training my students, even on the off season, and I'm staying in shape and I'm staying with my fighters, I stay, I'm in better shape. Like, I literally started my fight camp a few weeks ago, but I was still fresh from the last fight camp. And I'm still at fight weight. Unbelievable what it does to you. And then you're, you're bringing in your coaches nonstop to help your students, and then they're coaching you. 
So it's nonstop refresh, refresher courses. So it really does help you a lot. It does take up more of your time too, but if I had to weigh the pros and the cons, I would say there's a lot more pros. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of the things that gets kind of overlooked. Like some people says it's distraction. If you have the right coaches and, and people working within, you know, your guys' system together, yeah. I don't think there's anything that could be overcome. You know, and I also leave my gym, too. I have my other coaches at my gym that will cover my classes and I can travel. You know, I still get to go to other gyms and I still get to see my other coaches at their gyms. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good and it's bad, but for the most part, I would say it's 80% good. You know, some days you get stuck at your gym and you want to go travel, but you can't. But, you know, your gym is your retirement. It's your it's your long haul, not your, you know, fighting is very quick with money and then it's gone. The gym will make money forever as long as you keep it open. And and how's that been going for you, by, by the way, too? Because, you know, sometimes they, they work at first, sometimes they struggle at first. How are you guys going with enrollment and everything like that? We, we're we doing great, and we just did expansions. My gym has already covered itself in less than a year, and I've already put another 10000 into it. So the gym is making money, and I'm putting it back into the gym, recycling it. I still work. So basically, I'm letting my gym pay for itself, but it's also letting me buy more stuff. We just added strength and conditioning, AstroTurf, more bags, kettlebells. We're adding and we're adding. And we started out at 5,000 square foot. Most people's gyms start out at 2,000 if they're lucky. So, you know, I'm going to expand. I plan on having a 10,000 square foot gym soon. You know, as long as it keeps going the way it's going. And we have a new jiu-jitsu coach that just took over. He's killing it, Bruno, from Checkmat. So, you know, we made some mistakes in the beginning. Uh, I had some other I, – I love my other coach that I had, but – wasn't able to grow, and this coach has really come through. You know, he's tripled the jiu-jitsu program in two months. So, you know, we're getting there. Can't pass for anything better than that, right? No. No. It was definitely nerve-wracking signing the lease, but I have a strong following, and we're over 100 students right off the bat. So, we're, we're, we're you know, if we can hit 200 students by next year, I'll I'll be very happy. Hey man, as long as it, as long as that number keeps going up, you know, like you said, you yeah. you you have a nice file and you get it in the right area. Sometimes that that's all you yeah. really need. It's true. And you know, obviously, uh, you got a fight coming up because that's why we're here talking today. So yeah, that, uh, what do we got with uh with, with Maverick? Is that um is that um uh, Manny right? Manny Wallow, correct. Friend of mine, hey. uh, acquaintance, you know, training partners, uh, very a lot of respect. I got nothing bad to say about them. Uh, we both know me and James Meals as manager. You know, unfortunately, when you fight in the same weight class and you want the same thing, we both have families to think about. Um, I respect everybody I fight. I have fought my friends before, such as Greg Soto. Uh, you know, it's just the nature of the beast, and it's an honor to fight him. You know, it's 
doesn't mean I'm going to hold back. doesn't mean he's going to hold back. We're still going to try to knock each other out and still get that oh, yeah. W. We were just talking to Manny about the same thing when he fought for MMA Pro League because how everything wound up working out, you know, he, you know, it was kind of a gray area situation because he, he trains at, at, at Henzo's gym in, 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 in the area. And, <laughs> you know, when, uh, when everything got situated, the guy he was fighting is somebody from, you know, obviously Daniel's team. And at first the guy didn't want to take the fight. And then him and Daniel and Manny all sat down. I was like, listen, man, this is a battle fight. Let's just, you know, let's get this thing signed up. And, uh, you know, you know, you can worry about everything else afterwards. Have a beer later about it. You can't pick and choose who you fight. You can't do it in the UFC. Just for why being in the UFC have a good relationship. I've said yes to everybody, even on short notice. You can't. You're a fighter. You fight. This is not a, it's a team sport, but it's not a team sport. You have to be number one. To be number one, you have to fight whoever's put in front of you, whether you like it or not. Anybody who turns down fights should not be a fighter. Unless it's a fight that doesn't make sense. Like, you're not going to get money. But if it's a fight to better your career, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was 30th in the world at one point, And then I got fucking suspended over something I didn't even do. <laughs> Freaked my whole career up. And now I had to fight my now, way back up. Because I know you've, you've talked about it. You've gone over it and stuff like this. I know you. You know you. You said you're still in the pool. That 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 door is still open. That if something happens, that that you can get called up and, and et cetera. But you know, uh, you know, with seeing how everything's kind of played out over over the time period that Usada's been there, I mean, th- does it make you leery about everything that goes on uh, when, when it comes down to the fight game? Where, 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 even with seeing what just went on with John Jones, is, it makes it even more weird about the, this relationship that It's like. I fa- they suspended me the first time, and I didn't even fail a drug test. The supplement that they bought online failed. Not even my supplement. They just happened to buy a random bottle from the supplement company I was taking, and that supplement failed. I didn't even fail, and I got suspended. I passed my drug test, and I got suspended. And then you know because you had possession of, of the of the of the failed substance. Is that what it was? Is that what they got you well, with? No. What happened is they didn't like the bottle because it said IGF-1, but IGF-1 itself is not illegal as long as it's in deer form. So they tested the bottle to make sure there was only deer stuff in there. Turns out the company was putting milk in it, 10 nanograms, which is the equivalent of one glass of milk. Um, But it had bovine in it, which is illegal, they said. So I have to go after the supplement company to sue them for lost damages, but they're in the Netherlands. It takes forever. It's a nightmare. But basically... They didn't like the fact that there were 10 nanograms of milk in the bottle. They suspended me <laughs> thinking I was going to fail, but I passed. So then it went from there. Then the second time I got suspended was the for, for the medical reasoning, the Clomiphen, because I was not a fertility doctor. I was only on it for two days with medical reasoning, with lower testosterone levels by 36%. So they knew I wasn't cheating. So we tried to apply for the TU application, but they suspended me. For not asking first, so I actually passed all my cyborg though, right? This is the one I yeah, was getting mad about. I, 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 they gave yeah. to me, but they wouldn't give it to you. I'm like, wait a minute. Apple, like, this well, is what I'm talking because, about. That's a couple well, their exact words were that having a baby is not a necessity. She needs to take it because of a thyroid. 
I needed to take it because I wanted to have a kid. They said having a child doesn't mean that you're going to have a life or death situation. So any any medication from you, now has to be life or death. It can't be for something you want to do. That was the difference. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So basically, there was a pill I could have taken from my fertility doctor that would have been $1,000, right? We wound up having to, because we just released that my wife is finally pregnant. It cost us $42,000. So, (laughs) you know, it it was $1,000 medication could have fixed me. And then they, they were like, no, you can't take that. So I said, okay. We had to wind up doing IVF, which cost us forty two thousand dollars total for everything. It was insane. So, you know, for people like me that weren't cheating and my testosterone levels were thirty six percent under a normal human being. Even on the clomiphene, because all I was doing was blocking my estrogen. That's it. And I passed the drug test two weeks before that showing them that I wasn't cycling. And people can't take clomiphene because whoever does steroids uses that to recover. So people that friggin' cheat ruin it for people like me that are honest, and nobody ever gets to see that. Well, side. not just like you. Like, like, let's go back and think of like uh, how uh, Bigfoot Silva was treated, with the whole uh, therapeutic use exemption for TRT was going down. He's the only, yeah. only, only guy that absolutely had a need for it, and basically yeah. got ran out of the UFC because of it. Because when he couldn't take it, he wasn't even half the fighter that he was when he was with it. I know. It's crazy. You know, people abuse the system. You know, you got the blood doper, blood doping idiots that ruined it for us for the IVs. Now, you take this, for example. Manny Wallow wants to IV. He can. I can't. I cannot IV because I'm still – I just got drug tested by the UFC in USADA uh, last week or a week and a half ago. I would have failed. If I did an IV. So I'm, that's the bad thing about being in the testing pool. But if I leave it, it's a six-month testing period to go back. And the, yeah, UFC says that they, and the UFC can call me tomorrow and I can fight. That's why they said go fight some other fights, get back on track, and then when we're offering welterweight contracts, maybe you'll get another one. Because my next fight deal would be 10. I already did a four and I already did a six. So the next one's a 10-fight deal. So, you know, that's a commitment, though. I, I, I kind of like being able to do what I want right now, but I kind of, you know, I like having that UFC option. Hey, man, just it, – it, it's one of the things, like, you know, as much as a headache it is, you know, to do everything, you know, for, for a guy like you to, to just been knocked down by that part of the sport to the point where it's like – if you would have walked away and just been like washed your hands of the whole situation, no one would have would have, would have thought any different of it. But yeah, you know, uh, you can see people getting bitter or or have a chip on their shoulder about it, and, and it seems like you're like the total opposite way. Like, yeah, it was messed up situation. Yeah, you know, I didn't really care for the way how everything went down, but th- this is still where I want to be. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's the nature of the beast. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna sit there and cry. Be a little bitch. It's like <laughs> the lawyer fees alone made me want to scream. You know. It's, it's, <laughs> well, no, and you're and and from the conversation we're having here, you're still dealing yeah. with it because you're going to freaking the, uh, the 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 supplement company. <laughs> yeah, that's turned out to be a hell of a headache. 
They're like, oh, just sue the supplement so you're company. You're not the only oh, yeah, one. Great. I think what, Lyman Good's another one who, who who's yeah. going after one of the companies and stuff that he has so hard and that to was, catch That was his That's the weirdest yeah, one because that was his sponsor. Yeah, well, I was sponsored by this company too for um, seven <laughs> years, and the, U, and the UFC actually approved it. You decided it. Oh my! God. I was yeah, I was approved. It was only Deer Velvet. That's all it was. <sighs> so stupid. It was fucking freaking Deer Velvet, a drop that you can buy at any any health store. They just. You know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? This is what I it wasn't that steroids. a lot of things. And it was one of the things that I was very concerned with moving forward. And I felt that WADA was more fit to seamlessly go into the, the UFC. And I felt that there was going to be issues with some of the stuff with USADA. And yeah. uh, I hated that. You know, like you said, USADA, I USADA is doing a good job with certain things. But – I think it needs to be more lenient for for people to live normal lives. And then they're like, well, if you want to live that life, you don't be an athlete. I was also even told to retire and then come back. I'm like, come on. Fucking 37 But then they also get pretty lenient with people like John Jones, where he gets off with nothing, basically, on his, you know, he's been yeah, a multiple I, offender. No, I mean, I guess he, they said he routed people out. I wouldn't do that. That's me. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting a lot of heat for that. But he's got a family to think about. And, like I said, this sport is about you. It's about nobody else when it comes down to it. So I guess he made the decision to wrap people up to get back in there and make some money for his family. That's where he's got to respect would that, you ever, Would you ever train with a guy like that now, knowing what's going on with John Jones? He comes to you, hey, George, you know, I'm, I'm, le- I'm leaving Jackson Winks. I need, I need a place to go. Would you open your door <laughs> I would open my doors to any of the fighters, but if my fighters were dirty, they would be kicked out. Um, I have never done steroids a day in my life. I have never failed a drug test for anything that I didn't have a prescription for. Um, I've been being tested by USADA for forever, over 30-something drug tests, and I had medical proof and reasoning, and I had a doctor write me a prescription Anybody that doesn't have any of that that's trying to cheat, that's to me it's just it's shady and low. I wouldn't I could never do that. You're supposed to be the better fighter, not that's the one thing I never got about these guys that say, Oh, we all should be able to do drugs. Okay. Say we could all do steroids. There's gonna be people that have better cooks in their kitchen. So it's not gonna even come down to fighting, it's gonna come down to whoever has the best cook. So it's so stupid. So now it becomes a sport on who has the best scientist in their fucking pocket. So I don't agree with any of that. I wouldn't. Well, like I said, it, it's one of the it's one of the unique things that you know as we're kind of watching this sport grow. You know, you know we're you know we're all looking at, at everything with the critical eye. But as much as I like to bag and and get down on, I also have to remind everyone this sport is not even thirty years old. Yeah. I don't think the NFL was nearly successful in the first 30 years of existence as what mixed martial arts has done. And people need to stop with the whole, oh, MMA fighters need to just get, get what boxers paid. Fuck, they're over 100 years old. Get over it. We're never going to get that shit. Not, not in our lifetime. I mean, some guys might get it, but it's going to take forever for us to be on boxing level. It's just, it's just 
Well, think about it. Floyd Mayweather front row seats, what, $144,000 it sold for, and then it wound up being a million dollars for front row? You tell me one fight in any UFC history, the seats were more than $7,000 because they don't exist. So you have to look at it that way. Seats for a Mayweather fight are in the millions. Fucking Justin Bieber paid $75,000. I mean, uh, paid $1 million to walk him out to the ring. Ridiculous. Oh, man. And it was one of the things that we were talking about, like, uh, after all this fallout from the whole Khabib thing, that, oh, Daniel Cormier was refunded his tickets because he had to pay for tickets to go to the event. Now, my understanding was, like, some of the smaller events you guys kind of have just about free reign, but when it gets to these bigger events, the pay-per-views that they you guys... They don't do anymore. Sometimes don't, don't get free, yeah, they don't really give us free tickets anymore. No, ever since the MG group, the MGM group, or whatever the hell they're called, took over, a lot oh, so changed. That's when it changed. That's when it changed. Okay, okay. Yeah, a lot of things changed. Even, like, a lot of the staff changed. Um like we had different, we had a lot of different rules for flights and how things worked with that and medicals. A lot changed for the good or what? Like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, I if, like it better. If, if you could, uh, if you could have the Zufa staff back over what you got now, would you would you make the trade? <laughs> yeah, I liked it better in the beginning. I really did. I actually, I liked it even better. Like, I had nothing against Reebok. But I thought it was always cool, and we all had different uniforms, and we all had banners. You mean that, that that to me is what made fighting fun, is always having new types of shorts and sponsors and actually making money. I went from making $25,000 a banner to 5000 from Reebok. It's like I wanted to cry when that it's shit like, happened. like, hey, you're, cut, you're cutting my biscuits off. What are you doing? I know. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, man. But, you know. It was also cool. Reebok did a lot of cool uniforms, and it was fun. Well, no, now they're getting like the you, they're starting to get more personalized with the t-shirts, which they kind of felt they should have did from the gate with all of you. That yeah. every fight that you guys should be able to come to Reebok with a design. This is something I would like to do. Just something I'm whatever. Yeah, it was a cool idea. I just think it, I think it's better with the banners, and I always saw the sponsors and. They should have, you know, now that they have the, uh, you know, this, you know, this company now running it, you guys should have like a list of sponsors you guys should be able to go to. Yeah. They just like don't they, they do have that. everything pre approved through them. Well, you, they should also pull you guys in sponsors since they've kind of taken that whole thing over. I mean, that was kind of yeah. my thinking when they did the whole thing, anyways. Yeah. That kind yeah. of felt that, like, you know, you know. Every once in a while, you'll see a you'll see a fighter. They have a logo on on the Reebok shorts. I'm like, I think all you guys should be allowed to have five at some point. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. They shouldn't have did that, but I guess because Reebok put all that money out, they wanted to guarantee themselves all the publicity. So you know, it was more looking out for them. No matter what, it'll always be the Reebok uniform. What's the matter? Uh, all right, you're going to put five logos on there, so they're going to wind up surcharging them guys to put that logo on there in the first place. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. So it's like one of these things where, you know, yet again, we're pushing the boulder up the muddy hill and not getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, Nikki, anything are you, you guys want to do to get fight? ready to, to wrap this up? 
What's up? What was that? I said, are you I said, Nikki, you, you, you want to advocate to get ready to, to, to wrap everything up? No, man. I mean, you guys were great. Uh, I just looked for the old me. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going headhunting, striking bullshit no more. It's like, uh, just so people know, why, why did George Sullivan get taken down and all that other shit? I'll tell you why. When Mickey Gall kicked me, it was the lightest hit I've ever gotten hit with in my 18 years of fighting. And I completely forgot I was an MMA fighter because I wanted to knock his teeth out. And the worst thing I could have did was get kicked by him because I realized, oh, my God, I'm going to kill this guy if I hit him. And I completely zoned out like an idiot. So people keep asking me, well, uh, why? Why because I have good takedown defense. I beat the shit out of Nico. Look, and then I just gasped. You know, it's like. That's what happens, man. I went back to rookie mode. So to answer everyone's questions, why did I uh, get my back taken and punch him in the face? Because I'm an idiot. That's why. So. <laughs> Not going to happen again. Uh, I, I, I'm good that I'm good or glad that you kind of see these things. And, you know, it, it's one of the things that I talk about all the time is like, you know, crazy things happen inside of that cage, especially in between the fighter's ears. And I think that is kind of one of the underestimated things. And, you know, I think, you know, you kind of touched on it, you, you know, you, uh, you, you, yeah, you got hit with that kick and then all of a sudden you just, you just went somewhere else. You don't even know what happened. You probably, after the Dude. fight was over, like, what the hell just happened? I don't even know. Where's the last three minutes crazy, all I saw was $50,000 on his fucking mug. That's all I saw when he kicked me. I was like, oh, this is going to be the easiest win of my life. And then he completely jujitsued me. <laughs> fucking played possum with me. And it fucking worked. You know, I've never been, I've, I've never had a fight that I wasn't that afraid of. The mental of. aspect is, is, is just about as much prevalent as the physical aspect in the sport, man. Yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be afraid of people when you fight. And the, my, my thing was with him, I, I had zero, zero fear of him, because I knew there ain't nothing this kid's gonna hit me with that's gonna hurt me. And then when he kicked me, I was like, oh my god, this is a fucking joke. It's gonna be real easy. And then he took my back and put me in a body triangle. I was like, oh shit. All right, let me punch him in the face. And then one of my coaches said, punch him in the face again. So I tried to punch him in the face again, and he choked me. And he did everything right. You know, it was a stupid. Stupid move on my part, and it's not going to fucking happen again. Never. Going back to the old well, meeting where I'm just going to try to kill you. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the matchup with you and Manny. You know, got got massive yeah. respect for both of you guys. I, I'm sure you guys are going to put on a hell of a show, win, lose, or draw. Yeah, it's going to be fight of the night, guaranteed fight of the night. We're going to have some fun. Um, Nikki, anything you want to add before we we we, uh, we let George uh, go? No, nothing, nothing to add. Looking forward to the fight. Are you guys going to be at the fight? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm in Philly, but like, I'm still like, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to get uh, fully cleared because I, I just had a torn rotator cuff, torn labrum, and bones bursting out of my oh, shit. Yeah, no good, no good. All right, guys. Well, thanks so for having me. And, uh... and Nikki's from like she, she's like uh, New Jersey, the border of New York. So she's a, she's a, she's oh, a yeah, hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me. I'll see you guys after the fight. I'll talk to you guys after the fight. Uh, yeah, George, anything you want to add before you let go? Do you remember we kind of throw the, the microphone over you at the end? Anyone you want to thank? 
training partners, teammates, and sponsors, shooting social uh, media sites, you know, want to give some love to the time to us. Just thank Sullivan Kickboxing Academy, you know, all my team for helping me. Thanks, Dan Fisher, Engineered MMA, Evolution Martial Arts, Kurt Pellegrino at KPMMA, the Martinez brothers, uh, Jesus and uh, Will. I'll be out there soon for them guys. Uh, Matt Jennings for always getting me ready. Um, the Lift Gym, uh, Nutra Shop for being my sponsor all these years, and all of my current local sponsors at my gym. I just want to thank my friends and family, uh, Tom Dowd, Daniel Cohn, Mike Kiley, the Memorial Boys from Brick Memorial. That's it, guys. Uh, we're going to get that W. Mark my words, we're coming home with that belt. That's it. All right, George. Thanks for your time tonight, man. Best of skill to you uh, in the upcoming fight. We'll definitely have you back on here again in the future, my friend. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You have a good one. All right, everybody. That was our final guest of the evening, and that was UFC veteran George Sullivan, who's going to be doing the testing pool. So, uh, short notice fight comes up at welterweight. Don't be surprised if we hear the silencer's names are called. Are you surprised to hear that, that he's keeping himself in the testing pool? Yeah, that was surprised. I thought he was out altogether. So, but, yeah, smart idea. Except for that, like he said, that's kind of annoying that, you know, he has to he has to keep himself really, I wouldn't say clean, but he can't, like he said, he can't use IVs and all that other stuff, and this opponent can. So that kind of sucks. But, but you know, he, at least he's keeping an opportunity for himself. Yeah, he's keeping the opportunity, but it's also like, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, I was just kind of perturbed about it when the whole thing went down. And, you know, I, I was trying to get him on the show, and we, we we could never get it done. And, you know, I just think he was just kind of so worn out of talking about it at the time that I just kind of gave up at, at one point. Then <laughs> after it got released, I'm like, well, there goes that one. But then Steve reached out to me, and, and Steve and Willie reached out to me, and we got him on tonight so we could kind of go over some things. And, it's you know, out of everybody who's gotten waffled by uh, USADA, I think George is probably the most level-headed one and probably has the most reasons to be irate and pissed off, and it's the total opposite. It's freaking crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. you see, yeah. you know, uh, every other every other fighter and their mother has thrown every other freaking shot in the world they can have. Freaking Daniel Cormier hasn't failed a single test, but he's freaking – being so so difficult to deal with with them right now, it's hilarious. And then you see George, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, the UFC gave him the. I thought that was the best part of that. The UFC gave him the supplement that Usada failed him for. That wasn't actually in his body, but he still got failed. <laughs> he still got suspended. It was like that's crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. The crazy part of this sport that, that we have to kind of digest is just, it's odd sometimes. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It's definitely weird. And it's like not, it doesn't seem like there's the same kind of rule sets for everybody either, so. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm sure you're, I'm sure, you know, you you probably gathered a lot more from that conversation than you probably thought when, uh, <laughs> when I told you who was on the night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we, we had some fun, you know. We had, uh, you know, obviously big thanks to uh, Lee Daly. And guys, please, if you're if you're one of the the hardcore loyalists like me from back in the day, you know, go head over to Amazon, head over to uh, you know, but before fall, whatever, grab the book, man. It, it's a 
you know, for for us MMA fans or people who travel and planes and trains and and what whatnot, it, it, it's a good way to kind of pass the time. You know, we don't have to be sitting there on our freaking devices all the time. <laughs> Hopefully, we can uh, we can get you and Lee hooked up, and we can get you your books. And you forget forgot to send your e your address to last time. I just sent it to him. I just sent it to all him. Right, good, good. I'm all right, good. Good. So we can get uh. We can get both of us on here. Hopefully, uh, as he moves along, maybe we can uh, situate something. We'll you know, see if we can get a giveaway or something, do something, you know, yeah, cool. with that. But also, th- big thanks to Troy Whitman and George Sullivan. You know, uh, again, I think Troy's one of these y- young kids that could do something if, uh, you know, kind of gets the right breaks and things that go with them. You know, we talk about it in the sport all the time, man. It's uh you need uh you need skill and luck in in the right circumstances sometimes to, <laughs> to get everything to go the way you need it to. Mm. Obviously, George is a prime example of that. You know, literally he's had probably the toughest two and a half three years that you could probably ask of any man, let alone a professional athlete. He just kind of ran out of the promotion and then. <laughs> It doesn't hold an ounce of animosity towards the promotion or the reason why he got he, he gets left in there. He you know puts it all on him and just like you know what I'm I'm gonna get back there. With exactly being the conversation we had, saying the things that he was saying, you you gotta you, you gotta get the man his, his his due respect. You know he could have easily packed up and just say you know what I'm gonna just try to make the best, make some money while I can get out of this. But no, he's like you know what I'm getting back there. Regardless if you like who the who the man is, who he stands for, his fighting style, whatever, you gotta tip your cat, bow, whatever, whatever your thing is. He, he he's earned he's earned I think a, a lot of people's respect for that aspect. Regardless if he ever makes it back there or not. Mhm. But um, other than that, um, let's get ready to wrap this one up. I'm sure Nikki's like sleep bed. Mhm. Yes. Same. So, um, big uh, big thanks to all our guests, Troy, uh, Lee, and and George. We will be back next week, guys. Again, make sure you're you're following Nikki and all, all, all the uh, all the social media platforms, YouTube, the uh, the Twitter uh, Nikki Boss, the the Facebook uh, account for the uh, for all her work there with uh, Nikki Boss MMA. You know, as always, all our accounts for the for Twitter, CSS Radio, the uh, Facebook fan pages. Type in Cage Side Submissions. Uh, make sure if you're missing the live shows, iTunes, Stitcher. Other than that, this was episode 246. I'm Steve. She's Nicole. This is another episode of Cage Side Submissions. We will see you next Wednesday. Very good night, everybody. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. This is a call to all. You know it's Mikey Ruckus, and I'm busting through the door. Bring it to the ceiling, and I'm opening up the floor. Make you split your head when you bang against a wall. Blaze the full fury from a sight unseen. Flipping on the podcast, it's your time three. Throwing up a jump for a greeting frenzy. It's a talking festival, waters of this ever easy. Time to lay the smack down, lay it on your back now. Focus on that moment when you blast it into round town. Competition tries to stay up for the last round. But we still have finished, and we still finish up the live crowd. Turn it up loud, and make us all proud. Anyone who brought up, can we take them all up in the ground? Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the clouds.